Hello, everyone. Isn't am I? Oh, oh, there we go. Let's get the technical issues out of the way right in the beginning. No. How about now? Ah, he knows how to fix things. He's a seasoned veteran. You might see something go wrong in the stream and go, oh no, what's Rick going to do? Don't worry about it. I got it. Easy. Easy game. Look at me. You can see stuff through my shirt today. This is Art Brunch, uh, the flagship show on the travel agency. Thank you for tuning in today. Uh, it's wonderful to have you all here. If this is your first time watching a live stream, welcome. It's fun, I promise. It's a little different. Live content has, has a different feel and a different energy to it than, you know, uh, uh, like an old movie that you watched on a VHS tape. Um, you're here with us. You feel it. You might have questions. You can ask questions. We can see them. And uh, we'll answer them. Cash Stream, what's up? Good to see you. So a little bit about the travel agency. I like to start off every show with this. The travel agency's mission is to nurture a digitally native platform that hosts contemporary art making, produces art-centered entertainment, and provides digital residencies with multimedia exhibition opportunities for emerging artists. If you're interested in collaborating with the travel agency, uh, you can check out these links that I'm going to pop in the chat here. Um, each week, Art Brunch hosts a member of the art community to talk about contemporary art in a casual way. So one of the big things for me is uh, contemporary art is often veiled in secrecy and in etiquettes. And, you know, there's kind of like an in, like if you know, you know, kind of vibe to it, which I think is, is helpful sometimes. It makes sense because it is a small community. Um, but I think it's also important to challenge that, to challenge institutions uh, that provide like art media and and kind of like reconsider how we can frame contemporary art in a way that's like accessible and entertaining to more people than just the people who know you know I've got a co-host that I want to introduce um, the the uh, the man hmm man with the plan that's pretty lame um, Jake the snake no that's been done uh i'm just gonna I, I don't know i don't know what do you think uh i could be seeing in school there was like so jake peach mm. jake beach jake bleach that i got that a lot um okay snaky jake it's a bit of a reach jake jakey cake a lot of jakey a lot of those yeah um jakey wakey that was one thing that was not idea, is that did your mom say that no actually it's funny you say that because the the day that my mom knew that you know she couldn't possess me forever that it was like i was uh five six seven or something and we we're at like the community pool and my neighbor uh sarah strayhorn shout out sarah strayhorn uh what a great name um which i always thought she was a character from land before time anyway uh she apparently like i was like at the pool and from across the pool she, my mom just hears oh jakey wakey <laughs> i was like who is this hussy coming from my pool? where is he where is she where's who is this 
Um, and so, wow. yeah, that was a, a moment in time. So Jakey Wakey is reserved for that space, but now I'm sure literally uh, I'm going to regret saying that because people in the chat will make fun of my rosacea and mm. make fun of my name. And but yeah, feel free to drop some Jakey Wakey's in the chat, y'all, yeah. if you want. Miss Denise Hewlett says Jakey hyphen boy. <laughs> or Jakey boy. That's what my grandpa calls Jakey me. boy. Yeah, I like that one. Um, why is my background empty? My background glitched out, and I I don't know. I feel like I'm I'm streaming from some sort of like some sort of abyss. Like I really Rick wanted is in the void. <laughs> I really wanted my my background to reflect how I feel on the inside, and then on the outside, I'm showing you you know what I try. I try to be bright and bubbly, but mm-hmm. on the inside, it's just pitch black. We got some new new material for y'all today. Um, Literally, yeah. So so lots of changes. President Lincoln, welcome, welcome. Um, Jakey Wakey, yeah. President mm-hmm. Lincoln, there you go. You. Uh, our Streamlabs bot is 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 definitely spamming you guys with the things to do today. Uh, and Jake is back in the normal room. So I am. We're all here together. Things are working out. Studio One here. Studio A. Uh, Jake, if you had to predict, wow, this this Streamlabs thing is is a lot. Hopefully that chills out. Jake, if you had to predict what our uh, stream is going to be like with one word, what would that or stream today? What do you think that word would be? Out of this world. Oh, 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 oh. And that's one word. That it's hyphenated. Word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It's it's a one phrase. How about that? One phrase. Oh, one phrase. I'll yeah. say that. I'll say out of this world. Okay, great. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I promise. There's a reason why I said that. But anyway, we'll get to that. Uh, to get to that, uh, we have a guest today. We sure do. Our guest's name is Jasmine Raskis. I have a brief bio and artist statement here. Jasmine is a self-taught artist with a background in science. Her art explores the emergent patterns found in natural growth, form, and collective systems. With elements of archetypal myth and a dash of futurism, her work seeks to create a language that crosses all barriers of time, space, and culture. Out of the studio, she works as an art facilitator at Artists First Studio, and as a professional coach working with groups and individuals to use the power of art and imagination for personal growth. Um, Her artist statement reads, Art is my quest for knowledge. The sciences and humanities each look at the world through their own lens, but don't offer a way to synthesize a broader view of existence. I use painting as a tool to organize and collect patterns. Everybody, warm welcome to Jasmine. Hello, Jasmine. Welcome. Hi, Jasmine. Thank you guys so much for having me today. Absolutely. We're excited. I feel like we need like a, an applause sample or something when people come on because they, yeah. <laughs> they deserve it. It's a big deal and there's no way to celebrate it publicly. So we need to, we need to get a little sample hot button something. I think. Get those clappers. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just put it right next to the mic. Yeah. Perfect. I think that, uh, I think that sound effects is like such a scary, awesome potential thing to have on the show because they're just going to get misused. Very much. Yeah. I think uh, it's probably best we don't have them 
in in my possession certainly if anything i will misuse them absolutely marge mole in the chat says jazzy pants welcome marge <laughs> welcome to the stream thanks for reaching out with that uh yeah, Jazz, i'm curious jasmine what are some uh some nicknames some some funny names you've had in your life jazzy j mm. uh jazz jazzy <laughs> not not too there you know jasmine just but comes with jazzy simple. Or yeah. jazz, pretty much. I mean, I did I, not connect I, that at all. I was like, why? Why is somebody <laughs> writing jazzy pants? Is this a, is it because we're streaming in the just chatting category? Like, is this the beginning? No, of no, the I, I know Margaret. Yeah, yeah. Great, <laughs> Margaret. Hey, yes, I thought I recognized that name. Um, uh, shout out to Margaret. Um, Rick, what did, have you had any names like that? What are names. Your, what are your nicknames? What are your Rick names? <laughs> Yeah, uh, there's this whole thing where, like, so one that stands out is uh, my other friend, Jake. <laughs> Don't get I jealous. I won't. I promise. I'll try. I actually talk to you and him equally, and it produces a lot of problems in my life as I'm trying to tell Tiffany things that are going on in my life. I think you're literally inventing this just to make me upset because I've never heard you say this once in your life. I've been keeping it from you. I wanted to make sure we were very, very I'm stable. Tell me you publicly in front of all of our friends and the world, which is a good space. Cause... So my buddy Jake Resch, he yeah. he and I had this conversation one time where there was this funny meme on the internet that was like, your porn star name is your middle name and the street that you grew up on. Okay. And mine is Henry Spanish. <laughs> and I think it's pretty good. Henry Spanish is a great name. It's it's vibes, right? That is some vibes. Um, so yeah, he has me as that in his phone, and uh, that continues to this day. Wow. What, what would your porn star name be, Jake? Um, in that case, it would be Zachary Amesbury. <laughs> oh <weird>. God. <laughs> <laughs> was, I've lived on many different streets. So <laughs> I actually maybe a, there's a, possibly a better one. There's it would be like Zachary Roseberry, Zachary no, Antler. Amesbury is really fitting. <laughs> really, really fitting. We'll stay with Am Amesbury. Jasmine, what would what would your porn star name be in that case? Middle name street you grew up on. Leah Cornell. Wow. See, it's it's clutch. It works. It's a clutch That's system. I know if I ever need an alter ego or something. <laughs> yeah that's perfect it's ready to go um wow i'm glad we got that established and also to know that there's this inferior jake in your life yeah mm -hmm. clearly a jake too we'll say maybe i knew him before i knew you which is interesting to think about all right well we'll, we'll talk about this backstage what uh so do? for those of you that are getting spammed by my Streamlabs bot in chat i just changed it so I was something new we're trying out. You know, we want to tell people to subscribe to our YouTube, to, to you know, follow our channel, to to donate if they if they want to donate. But I don't want you seeing it every three messages. So thanks for bearing with me as we uh, adjust that. Now I just set them at random numbers that were much larger than I had them at. Um, yeah. So I think, but I'm not really nickname. I'm not. I I don't know. Nicknames don't tend to stick on me. Interesting. Yeah, gotcha. I think it might just have something to do with my persona, or I don't know, my my standoffishness. I got you. 
Um, uh, I do think, speaking of backgrounds, though. Oh, yeah. Jasmine's amazing background. Obviously. I said this just before the show, and I will say it now publicly. It is easily the most curated one we've had, which is ironic because we always have artists on the show. And most of the time, with all due respect to our former guests, there's no one, no one's got anything on Jasmine. This yeah. is an amazing background, mm-hmm. and we'd love to know all about it. <laughs> oh, thank you. So, so it's my latest work in progress. Is mm. the main painting, and then this sculpture I just finished last night, and I'm super so excited. I love that about this plant. It's a house plant. Wow, it is in a house. Isn't it in a house? Are you in a house right now? Uh, no, not really. I'm in my studio. Mm, it's a studio plant. It's an inside plant. I see. <laughs> so, so yeah, um, I, okay, I've so been this, thinking this about piece, the the plant. Oh. Uh, oh. Sorry, one second. Frozen on my end. Yeah, yeah. Let Are y'all frozen? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Oh, sorry. Okay. I We're it, back. I am frozen. Yes. Go ahead, Rick. Yep. Sorry. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. I my stream dropped. So Okay. Let's wait for that to come back. I don't know okay. what this variability is. Okay, there we go. Coming back. Yeah, just a little stream drop there. Um So so yeah, I, I have been thinking about uh like the Cash Stream says stick bowling. I don't think that that's a really good <laughs> nickname. It got me good. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, like we want to support artists who come on the show with, you know, like uh, with giving them tools and expertise to, you know, be prepared for streaming. And that's something I've been thinking about a lot. And I was actually going to go out and purchase some like uh, headsets for artists for the next couple of artists so they can, you know, I can give it to them and get them back and, and just make it really easy on people. But then I realized that like the next two people we have it on is Jasmine, who has her own podcast and literally has the same audio setup that we use. And then the next one is Cash Stream, which like he doesn't need any help with anything microphone related. <laughs> so it's like, okay, cool. I've got like two weeks, two more weeks to figure that out before it potentially becomes an issue. Um, but yeah, so Jasmine, you have been familiarizing yourself with this because uh you do a podcast and you're also doing uh, a virtual painting event coming up yeah wall ball wall ball yeah live painting so there's like 40 different artists that are all doing like live painting and i'm not sure about its structure but it's it's pretty cool that it's virtual this year yeah this year there's actually only there's 10 people that are live streaming and i think 40 mm. i think to- total 50 people maybe i'm not sure but i okay. think 40 40 other people that are pre doing their painting. Okay. And all of it is um, to help raise funds for ArtScope. Nice. Awesome. So everyone should check it out. And it's free to sign up for the virtual event. This year, usually tickets are kind of pricey, but the event's awesome. This is my third year doing it. Yeah. Great. So we encourage people who are interested in seeing some of that happen. And that's really akin to some of the stuff that we share here on this channel live painting and. I, it hasn't been happening as much. It's been a lot more like art media and art entertainment. But I think that sharing creative practice live is really exciting. How have your experiences been with wall ball 
like sharing your painting practice live in the past? Um, I love it because it forces me to like have to get my thoughts organized and like try I try to get most of the painting done in that four hour chunk. So mm -hmm. it's actually a lot, a lot of more out more than four hours of planning usually mm -hmm. of like yeah. testing things because I don't want to mess up a texture in the middle of the four hours and have to okay. I'd go with it. But, but yeah. yeah, it's a fun challenge. Um, I'm not really great at talking to people while I paint, so I just kind of go in the zone and accept that. But mm. it's a good energy. That's fair. Yeah. So I think, yeah, even like running, like this is a perfect example. Rick is talking to a producer. I have a moment to now speak to you and maintain the conversation. And this is, requires two people. Mm -hmm. So then you also add actually trying to paint on top of that is insane. So that's, that's I, I think you've got the right mindset of just like, it's going to be what it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> and just yeah just the work at hand for sure no that's awesome all right y'all want to hop over to our can crucible today let's do it let's let's get into it yeah so we got this uh this uh paps blue ribbon uh hard coffee beverage i'm very excited for this it's a it's really pretty um i like the i like the look i like the vibe Shout out PBR. Let's let's get Virgil in the chat. Let's get him. It out matches here. The, my plant. Oh, it does look at that. That Excellent was predictive. Blue. What uh, what blue is this called? Do you know the name of the for the paint? Jasmine uh, blue, <laughs> ribbon blue. We'll call, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Jake, you want to take us through the can copy here, and then we'll get a group pop. I sure will. Um. Oh, do we want to get uh Virgil in here? What's that? Virgil video little video version. oh oh yeah yeah oh sorry what's wrong with me we gotta get us in the vibe <laughs> that poor sweet boy <laughs> that's how we do can crucible <laughs> all right so welcome to can crucible y'all uh we're gonna start off a little bit of can copy copy of this can um and there actually is a little bit of it which is mm -hmm. nice because i hate when we get here and there isn't any this is the original paps blue ribbon hard iced coffee with a dash of milk. Oh, Rick, did you know that? <laughs> no. Oh, Rick is vegan, so yeah. that's an issue. Interesting. Uh, okay. Keep, uh, this... <laughs> keep going. Uh oh, Rick. <laughs> and I picked oh, this no. one out. Oh no! This Java brew balanced a rich, creamy blend with a whipped vanilla flavor. Oh, no. And right below there, it says contains milk. Okay. Well, Rick, if you need to sit this MF out, I totally get it. And we can do that. I, I think that... Uh, okay. This is a first. This is this is live, y'all. Um, so there, there are a couple of things that come to mind. Is okay. I refer to myself as vegan, mm -hmm. but it's kind of a lie okay. because like, I'm mostly just plant-based. Yeah. Like I'm not, I had like, it was Virgil's birthday over the summer and I had a little, we gave him some salmon for his birthday, mm -hmm. my cat. Mm -hmm. And I had a little piece, I had like a little piece of salmon cause it was birthday cake. Oh. So I had a little piece of salmon, you know, I bought, I bought a leather, a, a leather good since I went vegan. So I don't really qualify myself as like a hard vegan. The other problem is though, is that potentially I'm allergic to milk now. Yeah. Which that, is a, a that thing I experienced. Yeah. Less so your principles, more so your body's reaction to it. <laughs> yeah, but maybe uh, I can maybe I can rock a little bit of it. 
Yeah, just a just a sippy poo. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll never say that word again. Uh, yeah. Well, let's get the group pop for no for no other yeah. reason. No further ado. Ready, team? Three, two. That's nice. I'm Wait, always there, this. This what? literally smells like oh, hot chocolate. Oh, it smells very milky. Yeah. Is there a process to this? Do I... You have to sniff. Yeah. Smell it. Okay. Yeah, you gotta smell, smell it. it. Yeah. It smells exactly like canned uh, Starbucks. Totally. Coffee. It really does. I don't know. It smells really milky. Bro, it's so milky. It smells really milky. It's like... It's... It's basically coffee-flavored milk with a tiny hint of alcohol at the end. Like a little hint of permanent marker at the end. Yep, that's got the classic milk tang. <laughs> that's got the tang of milk that I didn't know existed until I didn't have it for a period of time. And tang is 100% the correct word to use in this case. Um, okay, well, Rick, uh, you know what? Are you just going to take be the ledger of this one? I mean, I just drank it. Well, a little bit. I think amount will shift your whole day and week, maybe even your month or year, you know? And I'll be there for you. Well, I mean, I can rate it because I had it. (laughs) That's true. You say say I just sipped it for nothing? (laughs) Yeah, you got to sit out now. You need to take three gulps if you want to rate around here. They do say that. I've heard that, that if you have to try something three times to fully uh, lather your palate. I will not be gulping. Yeah, definitely not. Um, okay, uh, <laughs> so <laughs> Jasmine, we rate these things on uh, three flavor metrics. We've got flavor, mouth, feel, and emotion. Um, so we rate these things on a scale of 1 to 1,000. So that's the framework you're working in. Uh, so okay. <laughs> 1,000, baby. Let's go. Now it's just so normal to me that I think I slide it past guests. I don't give it enough like credence. I'm just like, yeah, we rate these things on a scale of 1 to 1,000. And the people are like, uh, that's weird, but okay. That's a weird amount. I get overwhelmed by like one through ten. Yeah. <laughs> like I need one through five. So, uh, yeah, Jasmine, what would t- t- talk to us about the flavor a little bit and give us a rating on 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 the scale? Okay. Uh, so the flavor it does actually taste really similar to canned Starbucks drinks, like the vanilla vanilla double shot latte that they have in a can oh it's very smooth it doesn't taste very alcoholic it also doesn't taste very much like coffee which is slightly disappointing because i like coffee so i think overall i will give it a 623 623 it's a solid score I'm, i'm happy you're using all three numbers available to you that's a professional score there. I like that. Um, so, yes, I completely agree. It tastes like I, I'm more familiar with the Starbucks Frappuccino in a glass bottle. Uh, it's very uh. much that vibe. Um, I also recently went through a McDonald's uh, and got uh, iced coffee. A McCafe? And, uh, I, I don't know if it's a McCafe, if it's iced coffee. Oh. But what I count I found out is I it's like if you order it, that means it has cream and sugar in it. 
Yeah. But if you want an iced coffee, you have to say no cream and sugar. So the it's That's assumed intense. in the McDonald's world that cream and sugar comes with an iced coffee every time. And I think that is the exact same mindset with this drink because a hard coffee to me is coffee and PBR, and that would be it. The idea that there's milk involved at all, I'm like, okay, that is latte land. That's something else. That's cream mm -hmm. and sugar land. Mm. So I'm actually like, I don't know if I'm just now new to the world of this and I need not judge it, but I also feel like it is almost literally false advertising. So, but that's not what we're really talking about. Flavor-wise, I do like it. It is good, but there is barely any coffee and barely any alcohol. So I am going. I'm going three thirty-three. Wow. That is, I mean. Yeah. yeah those felt right. Okay. Rick, how about you? And I noticed you took another sip while I was talking. <laughs> <laughs> I was really concerned about that. I think we all have reasons to be concerned. Yeah. Um. I think that. Uh, it's really, it's really hard. It's really hard for I think in some ways you're right, Jake. It's next to impossible for me to give this a rating with the confusion and the anxiety that I'm facing by drinking it. <laughs> um I mean it's I, Yeah, false advertising, really. I think that it should be bigger should, should be bigger words on the box. Mm -hmm. I don't even know if they made it clear. I, I just don't associate milk with coffee, and maybe that's my fault. I just think well, that that's what I'm coffee like, is coffee. Yeah. Like, coffee is coffee. I know you can order it black. And I'm, I'm of course, a, a pretentious jerk mm -hmm. who, like, likes to go to third-wave coffee places. Right, right, So right. if I order, like, an Ethiopian or something. Yeah. And it's, like, it's just going to be black. Not There's a Rwanda. No... Yeah. Apparently... That's some insider base. I'm giving it a 168. 168. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm curious as a side question because I this is an interesting intersection. Jasmine, where what's like? What are your go-to coffee stuff? Like, what do you like? What do you do? Like, I think it has to do with mouthfeel a lot. I mean, I I just drink black coffee usually. Okay. Yeah. Do you, coffee. And the coffee that you purchase for the home, let's say, where are you getting that typically? Where are you procuring that? It's I I don't buy the most exciting coffee. Okay, neither do I. Okay. Whatever's around at the grocery store, sometimes whatever's on sale. For sure. Okay. Gets the job. Rick, done. I feel like Middle grade coffee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I find I find some stuff that I like. I'm into coffee. I'm into the into the bean light roasts yeah. always. Um, but yeah, yeah. I I feel like I feel like we're we're really kind of coming down on Jasmine here, the first time on the show, and I'm having this like existential existential crisis with this beverage, and I just want to apologize. <laughs> it's a rare moment. I mean, for this, we're doing it. We're doing it real. Uh, so, so Jasmine, don't don't let what what yeah. what we're saying or what I'm saying influence your rating. I'm I'm perfectly happy. People that like things that I don't like, like eat milk. Drink mm -hmm. milk, any any kind of method of ingesting milk. Uh, what would you give it on on a on a mouthfeel rating? Hmm. They're sipping. I guess I should sip. Mouthfeel is that like? I mean, it doesn't have any texture. 
You're just like the. How does it feel? <laughs> it's yeah. it's really up to you. Okay. <laughs> it there's something that I don't like about the aftertaste. Is mm. weird. It's got a weird, and I know that should have been in taste, but for some reason I feel like that's in feel. Yeah. No, it's definitely a feel thing for sure. And it's like it's like bitter, weird. Mm. Just reminds me of like something industrial, <laughs> which is not usually ever something you want in your drink. Very so industrial drinks. I think for the feel, I would say three twelve. Three twelve. Okay. I'm in. I'm in the three one two right now. Actually. Oh. Oh, look at me. Every, um, everyone's yelling at me in chat every time I take a sip. Good, because I want to <laughs> yell at you, but I don't want to interrupt anyone, especially Jasmine. I do not want to interrupt you, but I'm like, stop taking a sip. Jake, what you um, got? Uh, yeah, mouthfeel. Uh, my mouth is coated with milk, and I, I, I usually rock almond milk. So knowing that this is either whole or two percent or even skim is just like a not a vibe. Mm -hmm. And again, it doesn't taste like beer. It doesn't taste like coffee. This is basically a mocha mm -hmm. with 2% in it, and it bums me out. So mouthfeel feels coated. hated it. Uh, I'm going with 168. 168. Great. Yeah, it's going to be a, just a straight zero for me on that one. <laughs> <laughs> we were given no other option. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do with this thing. Yeah, you really need to stop. <laughs> Rick, please. Please stop. Um, and then our last metric is emotion, Jasmine. Where would you rate this from one to a thousand? Or I guess zero to a thousand uh, on your emotions of this drink. Just saying how I feel about it. <laughs> <laughs> totally up to you. Okay, <laughs> I'll give it a a two fifteen. Mm. I don't feel very good about it because it reminds me of when I was in high school and I used to drink way too much caffeine, mm -hmm. and it would just buy gross, weird caffeine. Yeah, mm. for sure. So that brings back that emotion to me. <laughs> <laughs> just being in high school and over caffeinated and just freaking out. I totally get it. Um, just drinking gross drinks. Yeah. Gross I, didn't, I didn't know we're gross yet. I wasn't like being paying attention. <laughs> totally. I God, I totally feel that. Um Jake Cash Stream in the chat says, Okay, milk in beer is gross in theory, but creamy beers can taste good. I think that's a question for you to to field or not it's not really a question really, it's a statement for you to feel since you're wearing the hoodie. Since I'm wearing a hoodie? Since you're wearing a hoodie. Oh, since I'm wearing a hoodie. Yeah. Right. Um yeah, as the resident guy with a beard, <laughs> a, a big bushy, annoying beard. Um, yeah, no, I am. I, I, I agree. Like, there's like I've you know peanut butter milkshake beers that are made locally in St. Louis that are apparently really good. I never purchase those beverages. I have, that does not speak to me at all. However, I know that lots of people enjoy them, and especially like freshly like poured from my spout is going to be next level. And so I don't knock that at all, and I encourage it amongst smaller breweries, and I think that they do it right and cashed. I feel you, and I am curious. And maybe what would be really interesting is, like, vegan milk-based beers and, like, doing, like, kind of like an almond milk beer because mm. that mm -hmm. I would be all over. Yeah. Especially, like, I mean, like that's that. why I kind of avoid Guinness because I don't really like the big, thick beers, really. But, like, if they did that but kind of with, like, an almond vibe, I don't know if that would be next level. One last thing I want to say is – when I went to the store to buy this alcohol, 
they said that, do you want the PBR hard coffee or do you want the PBR cold brew? Mm -hmm. And I think that's where the difference comes of whether or not milk is in it, which is, again, a farce, but whatever. And I'm really curious now if the hard cold brew is different, and I'd be curious to see what that is. Anyway, Mm. we went with the hard coffee. Here it is. My emotions. My emotions are extreme. Mm -hmm. So where that goes in a rating. Because of this? Because of this. This is a moment. We're having a moment. Oh, no. You're still <laughs> drinking it. Rick. What's wrong with you, bro? Someone stop this man. <laughs> I'm going to call Tiffany and get the producer in there. Just take the beverage away from him. Uh, I this, is, this has been great conversation, so I'm giving emotion 1,000. I'm feeling, I'm feeling high. I'm feeling great. This is wonderful. Denise, Rick, how do, how Denise you asks, feel? can you taste the PBR at all? No. Yeah. Not at all. Uh, and Cash says, I say all this, but I don't drink alcohol, really, so. <laughs> and then is yelling yelling at me, calling me sick, Rick. <laughs> sick. <laughs> yeah. Sicko mode is what you're about to be right now. I think that it's a good vibe. Okay, bro. Rick. Right here. Right here, bro. Right here. You got to stop. You gotta stop. <laughs> it's not funny. It's not good. You're going to be in so much pain. You no, it is. Two it, more hours of show to do. It is funny. How long have you been? No, it's funny. Yeah, yeah. No, it's funny. Don't worry. It's just water. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Um, Uh, (laughs) Give it a solid 500. 500. Okay. Yeah, Rick, tell us about the veganism. How long have you been a vegan? Uh, About a year, yeah. Veganish. It's been good so far? Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah, I'm going to keep going, too, because, you know. Wait, so wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. What? You, wait, when you poured that out, it looked clear. Yeah, it's water, bro. It's water. <laughs> Did you empty it? Bro, it's just water. How is how is water not vegan? <sighs> okay, Willy Wonka. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you talking about? I With told your you. shirt, you're in the void. You're doing prank drinks now. What is happening? <laughs> I was just trying to get a drink of water, bro. <laughs> Wait, is this liquid clear? It's not clear at all. This is milky. What are you talking about? No. Yeah, it's... Did you empty the can and put water in it? Dude, this is just water in the can. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> okay, I... I'm out. I don't know what we're gonna do. Oh my god! Jasmine, so I'm, so I'm gonna excited. I'm gonna calculate <laughs> those uh, scores and send it over to you for the send it over to you for the Astro Corner. Thanks, Jake. The I'm gonna Astro calculate Nook. these. Oh yeah, the Astro Nook. Yes. Thanks. I'm gonna much. calculate these. Uh, <laughs> let's calculate these scores over here. Okay. Hi, Jasmine. Welcome back to reality. Rick's gonna go into the abyss for a while. Um, you told me before the show that you are a Scorpio, which I believe we've had one other person who's a Scorpio, I think, but I don't remember who it was, and I'm not actually sure that happened. So you're more than likely, possibly, one of the very few Scorpios on the show. And to give us a little taste of the Scorpios in the world, we like to talk about which rappers are are most associated with your sign. So in your case with Scorpio, and there's some, there's some top people here, we've got Drake, we've got Lil Peep, NLE Chopper, Choppa, excuse me, Taiga, Future, Pooh Shiesty, hmm. Diddy, Lil Boozy, Nelly, STL represent, French Montana, uh, Nav, 
Vanilla Ice, mm -hmm. Tech Nine, Fabulous, B.O.B., and I'll end with Schoolboy Q and E40. So we've got a lot of, a lot of actually like, it's so interesting because I feel like a lot of rappers are fire signs. You are a water sign, a fixed water sign as a Scorpio. And it absolutely makes sense that Drake, to me, would be a Scorpio. He's a very emotional man. He's very much in his feelings. Uh, I, I think, uh, I don't know. He just, he brings a certain soul, a certain care that I think a water sign most associates uh, with life. And uh, according to the internet, uh, you know, some Scorpio traits, uh, both strengths, weaknesses, however you may say them, we're going to call them traits. Uh, we have resourceful, brave, passionate, stubborn, and a true friend. We also, though, have distrusting, maybe jealous, secretive, or even violent. Now, these terms... <laughs> <laughs> now, these terms can mean them in any way. Like, you can violently want rick to stop drinking this drink that's making him sick mm -hmm. um you know something like play. that not physical violence um but i'm curious though so with those kind of in mind those rappers in mind you know your fixed water sign this idea of uh you like truths and facts and being right you dislike revealing secrets dishonesty uh you're resourceful you're brave you're passionate how do you feel any of those things have come up in your work or in your practice Oh, definitely passionate. Hmm. That's a big one. Okay. Why that word specifically? The intensity that I go into something with. Okay. So you're coming in hot no matter what you do? Or is it like once you get rolling with something, it just picks up steam? I have to be into it. But once okay. I care about it, I take it on like with full force. Like full force. a big energy. <laughs> Okay, gotcha. Like, I don't, I literally don't know how to just do anything, like, halfway or, like, sort of do it or just try it once. It's like, okay, I'm going to do this whole thing, get really into it, um, feel it all, like, dream about it. For sure. <laughs> oh, amazing. Do it. <laughs> and is that, like, a more recent passion or has that always been the case for you? Like, that level of passion? It's always been the case. Always been the case. Okay. Shifting topics. Still shifting topics. Gotcha. Um, because Rick tends to move into artistic beginnings uh, after this point. We kind of talk about where people started. So I'm curious, that kind of space of like, you know, this idea of the passion and, and all those things like, it is, oh, is that, is the passion like only in your art practice too? Like, no. is, is this kind of also follows you into other spaces? Yeah, it follows me everywhere. Okay. I think. So, like, when you do the dishes, you do the MF dishes. Like, yeah. you're like... <laughs> <laughs> I, am, I am kind of an extremist, even in my cleaning. Mm. Yes. <laughs> A cleaning extremist. I mean, no, sometimes, I mean... I don't, sometimes I don't clean, though. But when I do, I do. So, you're, it's kind of like a binary. It's like, it's like it's on or it's off. There's, there's no in-between. Yeah, and it's something that is it's also like a big hindrance in my life, so I'm I'm like very aware of it. Gotcha. This time. And are you able to harness that passion? Meaning like I know that if I do that, I will do that wholesale and I know that I shouldn't, whatever that may be. Like maybe eat a whole bag of candy or also maybe like pursue an art thing that you want to get to but you know you need to do this first, but like you're feeling it over here. Like, can you, can you control the passion, too? 
Yeah, I think pretty well. Okay. Because I know with great power comes great responsibility. So we have to consider like our ability to control our our tendencies, being resourceful, brave, and passionate specifically. <laughs> yeah, no, um, that's actually really relevant. Okay, wonderful. Okay. Uh, well, uh, that kind of ends my little Scorpio nook. We kind of got in, got out, and that felt good. Good. Um, but uh, it makes a lot of sense. And we'll be keeping in our feels and keeping our, our passion high for the rest of this conversation. Uh, Rick, where yeah. are we at with the, uh, with the rating for the beverage? What did we end up with? We ended up with a 368.7. Wow. That is... It's pretty low. low. But it makes sense. I yeah. Think. So, <laughs> a couple of things here. Uh, yeah. Wendy L, thanks for the subscription with the tier one. Appreciate it. Enjoy access to those tier one emotes and, uh, you know, uh, legit status in our Twitch community. Um, Denise says, extremist. Yes. Way to own your superpowers. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, uh, there. That compulsion, I think, goes often with uh, people who want to make things, people who are creative. Like, there seems to often be this this urge to, you know, like, uh, there is, like, having enough of a good thing, and then there's, like, wanting even more of that good thing. And mm-hmm. I feel like that theme comes up for me a lot and in, in the projects that I'm working on is like when I get into a rhythm or when I'm feeling it, I just step, you know, deeper and deeper into it. Uh, as long as it's like continuing to keep me healthy and, you know, and I'm, I'm taking care of all of those things, but I don't know. Is that, do you all think that that's a trait that everybody would say that they had, or is, is that a trait that you think is more synonymous with, with artists? Well, I just do want to say this as a pre, a pre-statement to that statement. I'm a mutable water sign, where Jasmine, you are a fixed water sign. So like I have a zillion packs and I always struggle with the fact that like I want to do all of them at once and then I end up half assing like so many things. So <laughs> it takes someone like Rick, who is Cardinal Air, who has this like leadership energy to be like, bro, we need to do XYZ. And then I'm like, okay, thank you. Because once <laughs> I am focused, I can do it, I can get there, but I do need someone to kind of get me there. I need some some guidance. Um, but you seem to have that kind of built in to your system already. And, and Rick, you're saying, like, artists specifically, do they have that ability or, or, or not? Is that what you're saying? I'm sorry. No, but I think that, I think that what you, the point that you bring up is good. Um, so, so, yeah, I guess let's, let's stick with that question because I am curious, like Jasmine, of, of how you feel that your built-in direction or your built-in leader kind of – motivates you or or helps you categorize or as denise says channel the muse in in your life and in your practice Hmm. yeah i mean i guess i've always known that i have this tendency i don't ever i remember even in you know just trying to get my homework done and things like that like i Hmm. just know that i have like if i don't get into it like it it will not happen Mm mm-hmm so I guess I learned how to prioritize things. Mm. I mean, it doesn't always work. I'm not saying that I'm <laughs> yeah. like a success, but I'm functioning. So yeah, no, I mean, functioning is a success <laughs> for good. so much. Yeah, for so many people, absolutely. Um, yeah, that's interesting. You said homework too, because I, I oh God, when it came to homework, 
I'm like, this is literally the last thing I want to do. Mm-hmm. And I would, it would always be like the, until the very last second. Like I unfortunately was very much the like, okay, the paper's due tomorrow, Jake. It's like, okay, now I need to, because someone gave me that direction. And like, you know, I don't know where I would be if I could just like actually harness it and just do like 10% every day. Like they told you to, <laughs> you know, Sounds like are, Jasmine, are you able to do that? Like with your harnessing, like, can you do like, I'm going to do 10% today and then move to the next thing. Or is it like, I'm just whole ass in this thing until it's done. I've gotten a lot better as the years go by it, like chunking things into okay. 10%. But I could, I, I can't be like, I'm going to do 10%. I can be like, I'll do somewhere between five and 30%. Like okay. <laughs> to give For myself sure. a range. Yeah. Um, but I know like with homework, I actually really like learning. So my problem is I'll just get really distracted mm-hmm. about like learning the thing instead of doing the homework. Yeah, well, which <laughs> is ironic because that's exactly what they want you to do supposedly is to learn. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, why do I think get this dumb assignment done? Like I'm actually learning so much more by like just getting into it and you've made it exciting and I want to learn, you know? Um, yeah. But we don't have time to get into the whole school system. <laughs> I uh, somehow, United States, but <laughs> I rarely remember ever doing homework, and I don't know how I pulled that off. <laughs> I don't know what I yeah. when I think back, I just like think I'm sure I was assigned things, but I do not remember doing them. I mean, I didn't get good grades, so I probably didn't do it. I think a lot of what I did in that was I would get the syllabus and I would calculate exactly what I needed to do to get like a a C and. Then I would like if I didn't have to do a particular assignment, then I just wouldn't do it because well, I was just that's strategic heading I mean, towards the sea. Degrees, right? I mean, yeah. They... No, I don't know. I always it's always weird when I think about that because I feel like I did have homework, but I just don't ever remember doing it. Yeah. So maybe I just didn't do it. I just talked well, my way out of to... it. Yeah. It's funny to talk about uh, homework because I associate it with high school more so than anything. And a quick fun fact, uh, Jasmine and I went to the same high school. And actually at, oh, yeah. at, the same, at the same time, but just in different grades, we didn't really know each other, but we had mutual friends and people. Um, so it's, this is very much a coming together. And I'm just throwing this in right before our first break coming up. Yeah. But, um, Transitions uh, us so, into creative beginnings maybe exactly. when we come back. Yeah. But uh, but Jasmine, when you think of when I think of school, I'm I know I think it's fun that you and I are thinking of the exact same school. <laughs> that is <laughs> like we're, funny. We're thinking of assignments from probably the exact same teachers and everything. So because mm-hmm. you know, like especially like with papers, like our school, we would meet with uh, teachers and have like uh, like conferences on our papers, and we'd like edit it during our lunch hour and stuff. Like those were things I actually really enjoyed. And I think you're more of a scientist, which I'm sure we'll get into with all of that. But like more science interested, maybe. But um, I, I, I failed very hard with math and science, so I, I, I don't really think about that stuff very much, but it is the same, uh, building and, and, uh, teachers involved, uh, with our, with our memories, which I think is fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like very full circle. Yeah, for sure. Good. Well, maybe we head to our first break here, um, and I'll switch over to my screen. Uh, we will see you over there. So thanks for watching so far, being involved in this show. Uh, We've got some really cool, exciting art stuff that we're going to be talking about, showing work. You've seen a sample of Jasmine's work behind her. We'll get more into kind of the nitty-gritty, the the generation of the work, where some of these forms come from and, and where they're going, where they're going soon. 
So we're going to take a short break. We break for about 10 minutes each time. Uh, on that break, I encourage you to take some deep breaths or uh, you know, maybe eat a Twizzler or uh, maybe lint roll your shirt, just kind of depending on how you want to head into the next section of the show. Um, so yeah, we will see you back here around 11.08. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome us back. I'm still in the void. Coming to you live. Feeling feelings, thinking thoughts, calculating numbers. <laughs> I can see Jake in my peripherals. Anytime I anytime I need to do a uh, need to do a do a monologue, I need to just just scoot this window over this one. So then I can talk without shame. I am working from a deficit today, and I do admit, though. So the rest of the day, I'm going to be really kind and loving, and uh, I'm going to have my, my tail between my legs a bit. Welcome back, friends. Welcome back to the show. Hi, Rick. How are you? Great having you all here. Um, was the break restful? Was it, was it life-giving? How was, how was the break? I feel good, Jasmine. How about you? You feel good with the break? You feel yeah. Good? yeah. Yeah, it's good. Get up and stretch. Yeah. yeah for sure. Gotta have a little gotta have a little break. Yeah. Stretch the hammies a little bit. Mm-hmm. 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 Very good. Um, so when we left Oh yeah, we were talking about the fact that you all went to the same high school. Yeah. Um and we do like to begin these conversations. Uh, with the artist, with you, Jasmine, kind of framing for us like how creativity or painting or, or, or making things um, first started to manifest in your young life. Like, di- did you draw when you were a kid? Like, what was art's role in your life before you were like age 10? I was... I know I was making a lot of things. I don't know if they were art or not, mm-hmm. but I guess that would be where my creativity was manifesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't into drawing and painting. I didn't start painting until I was like 14. Mm-hmm. So I was more of a, like a builder of things. Like, like Legos? I'm trying to... like... <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to even figure out how to describe it. Like, it wasn't even anything planned a lot of the time. Like, I would just go out in nature and, like, build things with sticks. Mm, okay. Um, also, like, any time, like, any form of play for me was almost always building or, like, m- arranging things. Mm-hmm. Um, like, all my little Polly Pockets. Uh, I would buy the house, but then I would, like, renovate the whole house <laughs> and, like, sew these little like pillowcases for the beds <laughs> like yeah, wow. and then my beanie babies all had like a, i would make like a poem that went with every beanie baby and i had like 200 oh my mm. god like... wow you should release that collection at some point i'd love to I read still... that oh i don't know where that is but i renamed <laughs> i pulled all the tags off oh, oh. no <laughs> much to the Wrote dismay <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it's kind of hard to describe but definitely always building things, uh, making a mess in my house. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, 
that's i mean that's that is that is the the, the canvas of the child is everything mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. i feel like at some point it's just what can i physically touch and now it's it's what i do so yeah and i mean i liked art when i had it in school uh so just whatever a maker i guess yeah for sure. and then later in life i learned how to draw cool because that's usually what i would do i just like doodle all day oh, okay. mm. for sure it seems like there's an element of like caretaking involved in what you were talking about is like building the structures and taking care of these uh inanimate objects do you does mm-hmm. that resonate with you yeah actually i've never thought about it like that but it, it it there's something similar about that to the way that i approach what i'm doing now where it's like these are my little worlds mm. and like there's almost like an animate quality to it in some ways or like for sure a friendliness yeah yeah even just thinking about the the work that's behind you and the way that it it, it, it looks like a dollhouse in a, in a way of, <laughs> of like this trippy like 5d dollhouse it's like dmt dollhouse but <laughs> like a a, a dollhouse <laughs> nonetheless right yeah i like that that's a good name for the collection dmt dollhouses <laughs> there you go people would buy those that'd be great yeah justin beachler's into it um i'm well i'm curious and to kind of extend the the early beginnings question like Mm -hmm. when and at the particular school that we went to at clayton high school Mm -hmm. um were you like taking the art classes in high school because that's something at least i to preface like i've never like i took a or two you know one or two classes or something but then there was like the kids who like lived in the art wing and like i feel like i didn't i was like i was a musician but i didn't wasn't in the jazz band i was maybe an artist but i like didn't take art classes and i felt like a lot of my creative entity was outside of school and i imagine yours definitely was out of school too but like in particular let's say high school like were you like an art wing kid i'm curious not at all i was definitely Mm -hmm. not an art wing kid i was friends like all my friends were creative people Uh, i only Mm -hmm. took one art class which is kind of what introduced me to painting actually so thankfully i did yeah i that is what caused me to start painting because i just really liked the way that it felt okay um but yeah but and then since then i I kept painting not like very slowly but i was always working on at least a painting since i took that class that's interesting so it, it got you it got the ball rolling for you in some way like kind of in the more contemporary sense of how you, you do your work maybe like just just i paint you know that even just saying that now you know started then but you weren't you weren't just over there all the time no not at all okay i feel that for sure but yeah it, it, i think it gave me a sense because i didn't have a lot of art classes or a lot of exposure to art up until then in mm. the school that i went to prior to that so oh. i think that even just that one class gave me the idea of like oh yeah this is painting and collage and i can do this at home and <laughs> you know i can keep it and you know it can be a real project Totally. I know it sounds actually... so simple, but <laughs> no, that's so serious because it's actually funny you say that. I'm I'm realizing now in real time that the only art class that I was taking at high school, at the same high school, was a photography class. And like mm. I don't think I ever really intentionally ever photography seriously, nor did I really ever sometimes but I just thought like I had like an eye or wanted to maybe take pictures with intention a little bit. And then not till like probably 
I don't know, eight to 10 years later, am I like trying to take photography seriously? And it feels like my medium and I can enter the world. So I, I honestly think we've kind of started in the same spot then <laughs> in our, in yeah. our contemporary senses. Uh, that's so interesting to think about. Wow. So I, th I think the question that follows that and, and maybe part of the question that you initially asked is about our community. And um, there are, you know, there was this like art wing of people inside of that particular experience. Yeah. Um, but Jasmine, how has, how have you been like, what was the beginnings of creating like a community around your art or uh, like the response from the community or, or just like integrating your art into a community because you do that and you're, you're really interested in that practice. So I, I, if it wasn't um, kind of that like canned community that comes with, you know, an, an institution, how did you begin to start um, interfacing with a community around your work? That's a good question. I think as the years went by, since I took that art class, I became more and more interested in art. And then even when I went off to, to college studying science, um, I always thought like I would retire as an artist. So it was always like my main hobby. Mm. Uh, but then at the point in time that I decided to actually just pursue it instead of waiting um i had no idea what i was doing at all <laughs> like <laughs> zero idea i was just like you know what i'm just gonna call myself an artist today i'm gonna do that yeah and that was just like oh. how it started and um i i guess just like meeting people slowly over time like going to art shows trying to get involved trying to understand even what what it means to be involved in the art community and i've learned there's so many different kinds of art communities mm, there's like gallery right. communities and then there's like communities around education and um like communities more around like building or like commercial type art and they're all kind of like their own little groups and spaces and yeah so i, I, I have i have to zoom in on that one part where you said um one day i just decided like here i was going to start calling myself an artist was that actually a day like was there a, a moment attached to that was there some sort of uh revelation because it sounded really clear when you said it um i think it was a day mm -hmm. uh i don't know i think a lot of processing had been going on before then of because course. i'd had to take time off from school mm. and i was really sick at the time and that just caused me to think like why why would I wait to start my life like why would I put my life into the future yeah and I was probably thinking about that for a couple weeks but there definitely was a certain day where I was just like all right well I'm just gonna say it now like and I just started telling people because I think in my family like my my family was always supportive of me being creative yeah but n I literally never even had in the concept that possibly I could do that as a career for whatever reason <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Especially being in the sciences, it was like, oh, yeah, like, that's not what you, like, do. So, yeah, <laughs> very, very different from a very different career path from from that. And I love when people decide, like, they're a lowercase a artist. Like, they just decide that's, like, their first foray. And it's just like, that's it. I'm an artist. I've decided that. And then, like, the capitalization of that A happens over time, you know, inevitably. But just getting the word out enough, mm -hmm. you know, just I am an artist. What does that even mean? It means so many things. It means everything and nothing. And that, but there is that like 
choice in your in your in your soul to be like no this is this is me and that's like i just i i love everyone's own story of deciding to be the lowercase because the capitalization is, is a whole other world but you know mm -hmm. i think that's that's crazy yeah, and I, I like the I like those moments, you know. I, I, we we often kind of come out come to these moments where we say, yeah, that was the day that I decided. You know, I, I think it's important to have an origin story, um, but for people who are in that processing phase or people who are mulling it over, like that day doesn't have to be like a really life-changing day. Like those decisions, I think for me, or, or maybe what I'm hearing from you, Jasmine, like it felt like the next logical step from like a series of processes and a series of thoughts. So it's not, you know, it's not like some <clears throat> eureka moment that comes out of nowhere and bites you often or or strikes you and, and then you, you have this like new meaning, this new sensation in your body. I think for some people and for a lot of people, it's this slow cultivation of this energy and um, this direction over time. And then at some point, you have to take the next step, but the next step is just like over this painted line on the ground, you know, <laughs> but the, the terrain is, it doesn't immediately shift and, and, and doesn't change immediately. Completely. So. Yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. We do have some images of your work here if we want to share. Um I will just need to uh switch us over to this part and yes. <laughs> up <laughs> the extension pick, of Rick's void. <laughs> pick the right thing there. There we go. It is a little that's a little funky today. Making the template in real time. Because, you know. How the templates are made. Used to it. <laughs> <clears throat> so, yeah. I mean, then, like, we can just have these here as, as we kind of work up into the work. But um, to go back and to go forward with what we're saying is you <clears throat> made that decision. You started painting and started painting more. And started to realize that there were all of these different communities and different types of, of support structures around your work and and the thing that i feel most connected to about your work is that you are seemingly always kind of in the process of making paintings and they are progressing um because of you know consistently painting iterating on these things uh and and making work so i think that um something i want to set as a stage for the viewers is that I believe like Jasmine paints very prolifically and, and paints at, at a rate that really helps kind of show us what iteration can do for a painting practice. So you've noticed your painting practice change over time? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And actually, I was also thinking like how I've defined myself as an artist and like even what an artist means, like mm. that's changing all the time. It's such an evolution. What are what are some of those things that have changed for you? Well, the first phase was just figuring out what like oh you should hang your painting in a show. <laughs> like <laughs> what do you do? What what does this thing being an artist mean? Really <laughs> mm -hmm. just so that yeah very just like what yeah what the basics here. Um, 
And then I went through a phase where I was really... I was focused on making art, but I was also focused on moving art, selling art. And now I'm not into that at all, really. It's not... I mean, it can happen, but... It, my my focus, I guess, has shifted more into, like, the deeper meaning of, like, what am I actually doing with the, all this stuff that I'm making? Mm, and yeah. how, where does it fit into the bigger picture of people around me? Which is why I like being connected to the art community, especially, like, locally. I find it much easier to understand what's going on in my city than to try to understand what's going on in the entire art world. Maybe I'll yeah. get to that someday, but... <laughs> Yeah, that's an important space to maintain. At least, just know who is outside your front door. I think that's yeah. Art. Yeah. The other stuff can come can come through kind of a, a networked under uh, approach to understanding those things, and and I think uh, artists always kind of require different sets of information as as starting points. I think that I saw on your website that you were doing um, written interviews for a while is that right because I, I think i remember you interviewing john young on your website yeah i had a lot of fun doing that mm -hmm. and i i might do it again uh but i think i've learned that i like interviewing people like for the podcast i like um the voice interview better than the written interview yeah and speaking of that i just want to put your links in the chat for everybody who's interested in checking out um jasmine's work in the various spaces uh, because you have a lot going on and, and it, it seems that like, I wonder if this is uh, a newer part of the work that you're making or one of those phases that you're talking about, but, um, that media and, um, yeah, that media is, is a part, is a big part of your work. So, whoa, I have a cat. Oh, <laughs> he jumped up. Hi, buddy. <laughs> Say hello to the world. Little baby boy. Virgil in space. <laughs> he's he's losing weight. Oh, good guy. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so for me, media is a huge part of my creative practice. So um, marketing is was kind of like my first real career, creative direction in marketing. And, you know, writing about work and, and producing media around it. And I, I, I noticed that in, in your work. So there were those interviews but then also now you're producing a podcast that's like art adjacent i would i would say mm -hmm. that's a good way of putting it mm -hmm. so what what is the drive to in you to make uh art adjacent media or or that kind of like the, you have this kind of more focused art practice but then there's lots of focus on kind of like the parts of your practice that are adjacent to the art that you're making yeah I think what I've learned is that for me I feel like it's really important to not just make something and like put an image up and feel like everyone should just understand it mm -hmm. so I what I'm trying to do is create all these different like ways where people can like come in the door to then maybe understand what I'm doing in the studio a little bit deeper mm. So I guess like connecting to the world. For me, art is all about like creating a message and like communicating it. And some people understand things in different ways. So I, I guess I just figure if I 
put out all these different forms of the, something that feels similar inside of me, but put it out in all these different ways, like writing, talking, painting, that it'll have a like more likely chance that people will actually get it. Totally. Mm. It's like shots on goal. Like you're just like, you're, you're, <laughs> you're splatter painting, you're shotgunning, however you want to say it. Like there's a zillion ways to think about it, but like, I, I think that's, that speaks to me certainly. And I th think Rick too, like, I think like having your practice exist in so many different spaces, not just the physical art itself, but like I've, I, you know, I feel like having listened to your podcast, I know so much more about you as an artist. So when I see hmm. your work, even though you're even interviewing someone else entirely, I feel like I know who you are. And so when I see your work, it's actually even more important to me because I know the person who's made it actually. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's a lot of space that artists don't tend to occupy or like wait for someone to come to them. And you just decided to go for it, which I think is like really like forward thinking. It's, it's, hmm. and I also just, yeah, well, I, I wasn't thinking that that's a good plan. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hey, let us give you more credit. Why not? <laughs> I mean, my main... <laughs> yeah yeah sorry i was i i was interrupting uh have some coffee welcome welcome to the chat hey good to see you here thanks for joining us we're talking about art um denise in the chat asks jasmine are you self-taught your work feels bold biological and energetic such a cool vibe oh thank you um yeah i am self-taught <clears throat> self-taught and what is what does that mean for you it means i didn't oh well i basically didn't take very many art classes i did <laughs> i did take two mm. <laughs> one in high we school one in college <laughs> <laughs> well i mean it didn't i don't I'm know didactic damn it <laughs> yeah i mean inside the context of you know how art is often spoken about um that that would definitely qualify in the in the self-taught realm you know like <clears throat> but then again you know there's there's like lots of questions around what that means because I, I would imagine you were watching youtube videos on painting and uh you know finding different forms of media that could excel or, or asking your friends but um but what yeah i think that's it there's an interesting thing that we come up against a lot is the the value of institutional learning and how that directs artists and the value of being a self-taught, self-directed artist and how that affects people's work. I feel right in the middle. <laughs> Which is Yeah, I mean I I wonder what would have happened if I went to art school. I mean, I I feel like I probably I don't think it would have served me well mm -hmm. at that like when I was going to college because I don't think I think for me I would have needed to have a stronger idea of my voice um, otherwise I think it might have been crushed but mm. now now I think it might be kind of cool to go to art school yeah, yeah. I, it's ironic to me like I feel like we go to these schools and get this education when we're like theoretically like the most sensitive to criticism when we're like our brains are thinking about literally anything else and would rather and then now as adults like I, I can't tell you a single adult that i know that doesn't say like once every like three to five weeks like man i kind of want to go back to school mm -hmm. you know, oh i say I, that like every day yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i don't think that's like a regression thing like i want to go back to high school it's like i want to go back to like a like planned 
learning environment where there's a, a tasks in hand and I learn more skills and I'm around people that like want to learn and are also interested in learning those things and having communication. And I think that's exactly why, like in some ways, like you did go back to art school, Jasmine, like you just did it in podcast form, you know, like Rick, I honestly think this is what the travel agency is kind of all about. It's like hmm. creating our own communities of creativity and learning. Like I never mm-hmm. come away from one of these episodes feeling like, well, I didn't, I didn't learn a damn thing. Like I'm, I'm, I'm in school right now, you know, <laughs> in a way and saving a lot of money. I'll tell you that. But, you know, I, I think, you know, we're all yearning to learn. And especially when we're a little bit older, we kind of know what we like, you know? Um, so I do feel like, and I, I don't mean to think that that's exactly how you feel. It's like, do you feel like the podcast and these community spaces you've been in, like are, are kind of like a school in a way? Yeah, I mean, the podcast is probably too new, but I can see it being a school. The community spaces and being in touch with other artists have been so vital Okay. And, to and my creative growth. Totally. That community space, is, is there one specific that you're talking about? No, okay. not, not, any, not really a location or anything, just getting to know people individually and then being able to, to go to openings and just meet people and talk to them about what it is that they're making and why they're making it and how they made it for sure absolutely especially the how that is the one thing that has been really tricky for me not having an art education is like especially as i've only recently gotten into sculpting Mm. and there's just a lot of like basics like about materials that i'm now having to figure out but it's an adventure well that's that's really interesting too because like like we do know the where the who the why maybe but the how is like and there's other ones there but um but yeah the how that's really hard <laughs> we we leave that up to like youtube most of the time and that's like not super communal often i mean it is but like you have to work for it you have to work for it right yeah yeah facility is awesome and art schools um you know, like having access to kilns and having access to printing facilities. Like I'd love yeah. to go. I mean, I'm I'm doing this uh, in my practice. I'm doing printmaking, but with like 12 extra steps and like not with ink, but with paint, which is like really fitting for, for my practice. But man, I would really love to just like get my hands on a screen, you know, screen printer and, and be kind of like in that facility and just access to, to these materials kind of like immediately. And somebody who knows how to show me to like not break it or hurt myself, <laughs> like those things seem really good. But but like there are a lot of really great maker spaces that kind of fit in those gaps like made and and you're working in clay with these new sculptures. Is that is that right? And uh, this is paper mache. Oh, it's paper mache. I thought it was clay. I did too. Okay. Well, there you go. (laughs) You got us. You do. I'm only. I'm only on the paper mache. (laughs) Yeah, but I don't even think it's an only. You know. Definitely not. Um. How? how, Yeah. How long has that piece been? Been you've been working on? Is that your like first official paper mache sculpture? Yeah. Well, I do have one. I found one from when I was like four. Oh. That has ins- I keep it on my desk actually because it's one of my favorite things I ever made. Oh, amazing! Yeah. So now I've returned. So my second. Okay, a very full, full, <laughs> full spectrum moment. For Did sure. that object help you return to it? Was that something that happened? You're like, oh. 
Yeah, I've actually been waiting. See, th- we should go back to now talking about this passion balance thing. Like, yeah, I've been right. waiting for years. To, like, I've been telling myself, no, don't do sculpture now. It's not a good idea because I do work so prolifically that I was always afraid it would become a problem if I started sculpting. <laughs> and recently, I've just yeah. been like, whatever. I'm I'm bored with painting. I guess I'm making taking the plunge. I mean, you could have... 112 of those in a room easily and it would be a really crazy room right i think so yeah so like i think i think does anyone have an extra room (laughs) (laughs) we'll find you a room room. (laughs) we'll find you we'll find you a a coral room um but yeah yeah i think i think then like being confronted with having so many of those is going to create its own challenges just like having the paintings did but but then also like seeing so many of those in the same room is probably a, pretty immediately going to change the way that you think or feel about them too. Uh, yeah. But like, let's go sculpture. Yeah. <laughs> well, All right. You I, guys are encouraging me. Yeah. Let's do it. Yes. Let's make this happen. Well, I'm, I'm curious about like how, okay. I have two questions. One the scale of your your painting work. So like the piece behind you, how what what are like the, the dimensions of that? It's um a 4 by 5 feet. Okay. And then are the majority of your paintings kind of around that size for the most part? No, they, this is one of the bigger pieces. I mean, I do I actually really do prefer to work big. Okay. Cuz I I was thinking like I'm just looking at like the flattened small image on a screen of these paintings. Which, by the way, are very high res. Like I don't. This mm-hmm. is this is very excellent oh. uh, categorization of your work. I think because I, I I feel like I see a lot of artists who kind of I I don't know. Like I'll see their work in person. I'm like, wow, it's really so much different. It's so di- so different from what I saw online. And I think that this the accuracy of the photos. It's I I think that and this is what I'm getting to is the scale of these paintings is what would be the most striking to me. So I'm curious, mm. like, what does scale mean to you in, in your art? Uh, I mean, I I like to work big. Mm. And, I, like, as time has gone by, I want to work bigger and bigger. <laughs> I know that. Uh, I mean, some of it is just, like, limitations based on the thing that I'm going to make. Like, if I have this image in my head or I don't usually have an – I never have an exact image in my head, but mm. if I have, like – a certain kind of a pattern that I want to make, they're a lot easier to make at larger scales. Okay. Because they're so detailed. And then I find mm-hmm. myself, if I'm working, I'm always running out of space, I feel like. Even on this one, I feel like I, I ran out of space. Mm-hmm. So when I'm making really small things, I, I start like just trying to make it smaller and smaller and smaller. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, it, but it doesn't work because it's like it just doesn't, it doesn't do what I want it to you do. You need that extra room. You need yeah. that big room. <laughs> Which... Yeah, yeah. Well, the form, yeah. the form I... <laughs> size on on that painting behind you is really important, you know, because if it was if it was the same form size as something that's on a, a twelve by twelve, then it's just gonna look like a mess, probably. You know, if you're if you're yeah. working in that same level of detail, it's just gonna be way, 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 way too much. Well, I do that a lot actually on a lot of my paintings. <laughs> yeah. That happens. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then yeah. And, and then it looks different than imagined because seeing those forms at that big scale is so exciting because it's 
probably it's I would I would wager to guess it's like 10 times harder to make those big forms make sense and integrate into the picture plane than it is to do it on a smaller on a smaller piece that's been my experience of of that type of abstraction you gotta yeah. really hold yourself back yeah well and i'm i'm curious too on scale as, as long as we're talking about the sculpture pieces too like how do you see scale transitioning in terms of like you just did you run out of space theoretically quote unquote with that sculpture like would you prefer that one to be even bigger or was that was that right where you kind of wanted it hmm. are those limitations there with sculpture well right now where i'm at with sculpture is like just learning the materials so I, the way that it was put together was just like this is the size of the stuff that i had to make the, the frame okay and when i was i also have been working with air dry clay and it was similar kind of thing like this is just how big it will get before it will crack yeah for sure. so i'm at the basics of learning so it's, it's not like at a, a space where like You've, you've gotten to paper, like, let's just say paper mache even, like you've gotten to that and you're like, I know what I'm doing. And I No, I literally just it. started two weeks ago. <laughs> okay, perfect. Like, That's cool. <laughs> cool. I'm just really excited about my plant friends. So oh, I we love it. it. I mean, it's it's amazing. I love it. And I love that we all got duped on, on the material of it. Absolutely. Yeah. I think ideally I might want to create more like installation work where this would actually be like the size of a person. And I can imagine like multiple ones of these, like, and you can walk up and like, oh, cause one of the themes I, it, this fits in the theme that I'm working on with my paintings is like this thing where I feel like our society doesn't like honor plants. Mm -hmm. And so that would be a form of like giving respect to the plants, like that they're not, it's not just like a bush, like this is a valid entity that has intelligence and is meaningful. Completely. Uh, Rick, I'm running train here. I'm sorry. I'm I'm hyped. I think I'm off this. <laughs> yeah, hard coffee, bro. I'm sorry. Um, so how, like, how do you feel like you're cracking that code a little bit with that piece? Like, do you feel like you're getting into the zone of like, like what? How 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 have you wrestled with showing that, getting people to to care about plants through your art as as a as a proxy to caring? Hmm. Uh. I've been working on the concept for a while. Mm. It started a couple of years ago with this one plant I made that was called the mirror plant. Ooh, and that's I like, the that. <laughs> yeah, a lot. Like, so a lot of my art is actually like me wrestling with like some thought experiment. And then I do all this stuff that I know nobody's going to imply is related to that. But somehow it, it in this roundabout way gets me to be able to actually explain and share what it is that i want to share but not ever usually on the first try mm. yeah you gotta workshop it um yeah marge mull in the chat says love your work just wanted to share that with you <laughs> thank you yeah you gotta workshop it, it it's gotta come I, I it's i mean it's the same as your paintings right so you live in this meta world of where inside of these paintings you're creating these realms and these iterations and these generations trying to like more deeply understand yourself on like a painting by painting basis but then like from the outsider perspective uh i think the same type of thing is happening so you're iterating these works not just these forms but these works over and over again and over time that creates this generative understanding in the viewer um and you tweak it along the way 
Uh, so I feel like you are really living in this kind of like meta artist space of understanding, like, like you said, the plant mirror, but like the, you know, the different, you know, the hall of mirrors that you're making work in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That, that comes through to me. I, I mean, I, I definitely, I definitely see that. And I think that, you know, to, for what it's worth is a, is a, a really valid approach to iterating the creative practice because like how are you supposed to get there on the second paper mache sculpture (laughs) like how are you supposed to do that and if we're asking ourselves to do that what are we doing to ourselves by asking ourselves for that and it's just not the way that the world works it's just not well and it's funny too there's so much like work that you have jasmine that's like like the more of the painting based stuff and there's like you know, we've talked about like maybe hundreds, if not maybe thousands, we don't know, maybe of like pieces <laughs> to relate to, to ask about, but where we happen to find you at this lightning strike moment of, of your practice is like, there's only two, there's two paper mache ones. And there's like 20 plus years between them, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah. I, I think it's really interesting to watch you kind of talk about both of these spaces too. And I, I wonder if, if like they're colliding with each other a little bit. Yeah, um, I don't think they're colliding. I think what happened is I finally just, and it actually happened about a year ago. It was the beginning of me feeling like I'm kind of nearing a finishing point yeah. with a, like a bigger thing that I was working on, which was like a lot of natural patterns. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I kind of finished that up. And so then at that point I could move to something else. So I'm kind of just at the beginning stages of like, moving into something else and so and that took you know how long have you been doing paintings that were of that mindset would you say like where you finally felt like from like what time to what time took you to get to i feel like i satisfied that itch well painting wise i think it it, probably at least four years but the concept like the idea that i had i had over 10 years ago Hmm. and it was something that i'd written about in the past yeah so i'd explored it in writing and it's something that i'd been i've been thinking about it this this pattern collecting thing has been like a big constant for me yeah like the organic patterns and that's why i love biology like that's why i wanted to study biology yeah let's get into that so (laughs) i i mean from for me i I am very upfront and transparent about uh, my psychedelic drug experiences on the show and just in life because fucking come arrest me. What are you going to do? <laughs> what are you going to do about He's it? He's in the void. Where's Rick? Yeah. Who could ever know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the real reason. Um, yeah, hit my hit my Bitcoin. Hit my <laughs> Bitcoin wallet. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, like, so from my perspective, these these works – are like uh it's it would be easy to come across these works and and believe that they are from like a lineage of psychedelic art imagery that these were like paintings that some juiced dude or zooted just some zooted dude was making at woodstock right like in a in a, in a van and i mean that in like the i always best wonder way. if people think that <laughs> yeah <laughs> well here's confirmation um and and like but there's also a part of it that is pretty much impossible for me to locate that like 
doesn't that indicates something more than that or indicates something other than that and i'm not sure what it is maybe it's that like maybe it's that i know you or maybe that like it just it seems like you've held fewer glow sticks in your life than the guy that i'm imagining <laughs> and there's some sort of like radiation uh that you haven't like yet been made mush from which is probably yeah, just the times, drugs yeah <laughs> how many times have we gone to bonnaroo collectively yeah. you, you know and i've gone to bonnaroo okay <laughs> <laughs> we got one all right okay, we got well, that. i haven't gone <laughs> um and and i'm sure you know denise has seen some of this type of work at burning man you know like yeah. like it, it does have you been to burning man jasmine no i think about this all the time though yeah um but but yeah so there's this like from from me it just i'm a hammer and i see a nail there's this huge psychedelic element in the painting um but there's also something that like subverts that and i don't know if it's mm. it's the the closest thing if i was to just say something it i think it does tie into the the cleanliness of the paintings and the documentation of the paintings and kind of like the aura around the paintings is not like, yo, bro, I do drugs. You know, like there isn't yeah. this like broiness to it, which I see in like a lot of psychedelic work, There's even from there. people of every gender. Uh, but I don't know what that is. I don't know. That's something that I just want to bring up. And, and again, it's not like super accurate, but I think it's really important. So that gets into this pattern finding thing that you're talking about. So does that come up for you, like the psychedelic nature of these paintings, uh, the the Grateful Dead, or, or some of these kind of like uh, ancient psychedelic energies? Or are you finding that through zooming in on like biological life and through kind of like the fractal nature of physical reality? Definitely both. Okay. Yeah, but I think like, when I was making most of my paintings, like I've done psychedelics in the past, but when I was really painting during that period of time, I don't think I did at all. Mm. So maybe it was like having that, having those experiences and having them be really important to who I am as a person and mm -hmm. like how I see the world, how I interact with the world. Yeah. Um, and I know, I feel like I sometimes I'm like channeling awe like from like where you can reach that state like through meditation through through psychedelics through uh you know even just going on a really long hike or something like yeah that awe state where you can like see the world within like a water drop mm. that's a clip right there um so so yeah i didn't want to i did i we've never talked about I, I mean, I've probably talked about taking psychedelics, but I don't. I I try not to elicit that information from mm -hmm. other people. Um, so now that you've doxxed yourself as as a <laughs> as a also on the FBI list of of kooky drug users, yeah. You, <laughs> you guys hear sirens? <laughs> Are they coming for us? It's me. No, they're coming. Weed. They're coming for the DMT dollhouse. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. They're coming from the DMT dollhouse. Yes. Um good science but so yeah i mean i think i think that's cool that you're willing to share that and and i think it, it's important for us to share a couple chat messages that are relevant uh denise says molecular and marge says the line work for sure is also very intentional um which i think i think gets into that like the paintings would look different if you were making them on acid uh i can i can 
I, I think that like my fine motor skill and perception, if I'm trying to make paintings in an altered state of consciousness, uh, changes, you know, changes how I am actually physically painting. Cause I often get way, way more into the paint <laughs> itself <laughs> than, than, than the image or, or just like trying to understand the mechanism through which the brush pulls the paint. And then all of a sudden, like, picture is so secondary to process. Um, one more question here. And, and whoa, forever. What's up, dude? Really good to see you. You came at the right time. This is the kind of conversation that is perfect for you. So we alerted you and you heard the call. This was the DJ. This was the whoa signal. Uh, DJ uh, uh, Woe Forever asks, um, I'm wondering how much the science background influences the presentation of the work, which I think is really good because you frame it inside of this idea of science. Like science is in mm -hmm. your bio. It's not like mushrooms is in your bio, which is a, is, a, is, yeah. a, is a cool and interesting choice. And it seems like obviously science is, is more important um, I don't know. I th I think that they're equally important. Mm. But you choose to and frame it like the integration. Ins inside of the lens of science. Yeah. And I mean, I sometimes wonder if I should open it up to being or talk more about my spirituality and spiritual experiences and some things like that. But I do mm. think the science so far has been the most understandable thing. For yeah. people who've never tapped into any of those kinds of experiences um because they can still understand like the extreme beauty that we're surrounded by on on earth absolutely real quick qu question kind of journalistic here what is your what is your science background just so we all we all know because we, we talked about your kind of art background what's what's more of your science background um so i yeah where do i start i guess i was always interning in labs even in high school, mm. I um, I went straight into an accelerated medical school program mm -hmm. straight out of high school. And I was going to, I think, study neuroscience. So obviously, even yeah, I didn't even like <laughs> have summer here. breaks. I was like in a lab, like studying monkeys and stuff like that. Wow. In college. Yeah. Yes. I kind of skipped. I guess I didn't really go to college, sort of. I mean, that's vibes, though. Like, I think oh, that that answers yeah. DJ's question really well, is that, like, the science influences the presentation because that is the, like, an easy synonymous connecting point with um, with people who, you know, with a lot, like, a, a large audience. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think even, you know, even when I was studying science, like, so much of it was trying to understand, like, the intersection between like different states of consciousness and spirituality and how that relates to to like mental health and awareness and like just what is the nature of reality that's been like this pressing question since i was a kid mm -hmm. like and, and i feel like spirituality you keep bringing that up of like i feel like that's almost like the third rail that like connects it all you know mm -hmm. what i mean like if you were just a scientist who made art or an artist who was interested in science like I don't know if you would produce this work necessarily. I feel like the spirituality is like creates the, the three, the, the triangle of power that makes Jasmine's work. Um, so I guess too, like whatever you feel like sharing in this space, cause it may be a little more personal, but like, what is like, what's kind of your background in spirituality? Like where has that practice kind of begun? Hmm. I mean, I don't know if I, ha I don't have any official 
background. Yeah, it's even just in the, always yeah, just experiences. Yeah, just in it, general. Yeah, in yeah. general. Yeah. Um, I think I've always been like trying to just come to terms with like how does science fit into everyday life, and that's for me where spirituality comes into play. Uh, because I've noticed, like, even in studying science, it's like, to me, it feels like you start to study this thing. And then it's like, wait, we're we're making up all these names for things, but we don't even know if the things exist. And it's, <laughs> so the amazing. spirituality for me is like, wait, okay, we don't have to know if they exist or not, or what they're, you know, what the name of the thing is, but like, how does this actually matter to me? So I guess it's like the meaning, the meaning of experiences and like the meaning, even the meaning of my art making, I try to be conscious of. Completely. I don't know if that's my background in spirituality. <laughs> I oh, I think that art is my spirituality. Mm -hmm. The process of being a person that that makes things, that like creates, I don't even really want to use this phrase, but like creates the world around me, like instead mm -hmm. of having the world happen to me. Yeah, I watched The Secret too. <laughs> Yeah, I don't really. I... <laughs> no, I, I I come from the I come from that background, and and it's it's changed for me as I've grown grown up. I think I think maybe what you're getting at, and and maybe what we can talk about is like positive affirmation and 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 being the creator of your own reality, like is a thing, but it's been like bastardized and commodified in our culture to mean like a whole different series of sets of things, and is like another way to oppress people. Uh, or a way for oh, yeah. spiritual people to oppress others who are experiencing uh, discontent or or discomfort or disease. We can say, well, you know, if you just aligned your chakras with the intentionality and, and attuned yourself to the to the motherland energy of 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 you know the rotating magnetic spheres on the earth, then like your disease would go away. Because you know it's the secret, but it's just not. It's not. It's not a good tool. <laughs> you know, that tool is like so misused that I'm like, I'm always kind of dancing around that idea of like create your own reality and positive affirmation. But I have that like deeply rooted in in my experience of reality. It's like healthy skepticism of it, almost sort of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, concerted action. Concerted action. I think that's yeah I mean a lot of it too maybe is also just about like n not spirituality but just like our government like instead of being fed things like producing the things oh <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah like being a producer instead of being a consumer for sure not just yeah kind of sitting back and receiving and more just like I'm gonna like mutual aid like I mean that's a huge thing mm -hmm. that people are talking about these days of just like well, our government's kind of led us to rot in so many different ways. So we just, we have to do it ourselves. There's no other option. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's like the general attitude, I guess, that I'm kind of getting at. Is like, if there's a problem that I see, I'm going to fix it. Yeah. Hmm. So you might say, like, if you got a problem, yo, I solve it. Check out the hook while my <laughs> DJ revolves it. Mm. Like a fellow Scorpio, Vanilla Ice. So <laughs> there it is. There, there it is. We're going to take a quick break. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, we're going to get back to the action here in 10 short minutes. Um, if you make things, you know, like I, I think about uh, 
when they when they say we were created in God's image, and uh, I think the the most salient aspect of God's image is God's ability to create, and we were created in that image, and ourselves are able to create. So if if you're making things, even if you're not making things as much, you're tapping into this deeper thread that binds us all together. You're tapping into the individuated aspect of your God particle. We'll be back at about 12.10, and we'll finish up the art talk and uh, ask Jasmine 10 final questions. So we'll see you soon. Yo, it's me. Still in the void. I don't know. The black is kind of cool. I mean, I like it because I know what it is and I know why it's here. I wonder, somebody who's never seen this before, they're like, who is this dude? He's just living in this weird room. I mean, the alternative... The alternative is pretty cool, too, I think. Um, you know, you get a little... Uh, you get a little blue background. Looks nice. Very travel agency-esque. We'll see. Anyways. Well, welcome back, y'all. <laughs> Blue is nice. I, I actually might be pro-blue, personally. Yeah, the only problem with the blue is that my shirt doesn't do the cool thing anymore. Uh, well, it does. It is kind of cool. Nice. Yeah. yeah, I mean, in a different way. worst case scenario, I could just change the color key mm. to, uh, to like, oh. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> It's like deep fried meme, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not do that. All right. <laughs> or like uh, Apple Photo Booth 2007, <laughs> 8, 9. But that was the heyday. Yeah, that was really good stuff. I was the first one of my friends to have a MacBook. and Because my computer got stolen and my dad had a really good insurance program. Like my house got broken into and they stole my laptop. And it was like an old shitty laptop, but for some reason they gave me like $2,000 in insurance oh. money. Probably some sort of fraud taking place there, if I think yeah. too Do much you about sirens? it. Do yeah. You <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so the photo booth was, was, a, was the town hit. That's how I got most yeah. of my friends. That's where uh, most of our, our AVIs for the longest time started, so. It's true. Avies, excuse me. Avies, avatars. I said AVIs. I sound like a grandpa. I thought I like AVI better than Avi. Me too. Thank you. Uh, Woe Forever in the chat asked a question while we were on break. The question is, whilst painting, are you very neat and tidy, surgically precise, or is maybe an old dried out brush and some chaos important to your process? Wow, what a thorough question. I like it. Yeah, we love well. I think um um maybe I don't know. I'm in between messy and clean. I feel like I'm messy, but probably for an artist working on big stuff, I'm probably not that messy. But definitely the old dry brush, grabbing at random materials and chaos is is very important to me. Mm-hmm. It's like jazz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like I don't like to control it too much. I don't like to control the process. Mm. I always want to just plan just enough. Just barely enough, walking on the edge. Definitely. That's a feel, though, isn't it? Or is it a plan? The the plan before I make something. It's a pl- you plan things. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes I do. What's what's that like? 
Uh, the biggest thing that I plan that I really need to do more often, so now I'm saying it on here, hopefully this will actually happen, is We're the usage it. the usage of space. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. that really helps me. My paintings are significantly better when I actually sit down and do, like, a block, block out sketch of just, like, there's going to be a giant form in the middle and there's going to be... Uh, yeah, just like some very basic blocking out of like where stuff is going, generally. Mm-hmm. Oh, sp- and then the layering too, because a lot of my work um, is there's so many layers. Yeah. And if I think about it in advance, I'll know the uh, the better way to do the the layers, so mm-hmm. that I don't have to work go and then work backwards. Do you only work in acrylic? Uh, pretty much. Yeah, that makes sense. Just cut that dry time down. And I mean, I think it, I think it makes sense for for the painting that you're doing. Yeah, I mean, I think I probably will get into using oils um, for the details or like the very last layer. Mm. Yep. Because it it is really hard to get some of the shading that mm. I'm getting more into as I'm moving. I've moved away from abstract and getting closer and closer to surrealism, mm-hmm. ever so slowly. Do you use yeah. any mediums in extending the life of acrylics when you paint? I I do use I use some other mediums, but I hate the ones that extend the drying time, mm, I and see. I hate water. Yeah. Uh, because I work with such vibrant colors, I feel like it it affects the the pigment. Definitely. Yeah, it messes up the binder, uh, especially when you're trying to get those fields. Look, not Rick. we can do gear talk too. Yeah, I was, God, <laughs> I was literally like, Rick, you're doing gear talk. Look, this is <laughs> yeah, we, I, I've a, a few uh, photographers we've had on. We've done very brief gear talks, and Rick kind of just can like just kind of sits it out. And I, and this is where I'm like, I don't know nothing about acrylic, so I'm just uh-huh. in the audience here. This is good. <laughs> Beat you to it. Yeah. Well, the main, I guess the main fun fact, I think, is that I've really learned not to use water. And I've noticed a lot of people use a lot of water when they're trying to work with acrylics because of the dry time. And mm-hmm. you just can't get vibrant colors that way. Or they want to extend their paint. And, you know, that going out straight out of the tube can be considered like wasteful or, you know, like if it's that thick, it can produce issues depending on what you're trying to paint. But right. yeah, if it's thick. Yeah, that but I think uh, yeah, I, I'm a I'm a real muddy acrylic painter when I when I paint with acrylics, it's always really wet. It's always wet, wet, wet. Um, but oils kind of help keep that uh, keep that brightness, that like deep pigmentation, that concentration in the pigmentation, even if you're painting wet on wet and doing a lot of blending um, instead of like having acrylic tack up on you right in a pivotal moment and yeah yeah it's bad it's, it's the best and the worst thing yeah about it yeah, i i hate when that happens that's the worst yeah yeah i mean you get yourself a number three filbert hog hair brush and you think well, it's gonna be great be, because it has that stiffness and, and you might pull out the hog hair when when your acrylic starting to tack up rather than using the synthetic blend um mm. or the horse hair but i mean sometimes even that hog hair it, it, and might, maybe it's so, um, <laughs> I, I'm Talk kidding. Jazz. I mean. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I don't even. I don't even use brushes anymore. I just use spray spray paint cans and air air compressors. Uh, 
so speaking of <laughs> I'm gonna build this bridge. Speaking of neat and tidy, um <laughs> there's this this other project that you're working on that you are uh scared is probably the wrong word, but you're tentative to call it a book. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, I don't know what to call it. Oh, I'm calling it a mini book, but it feels um, like can I call this a book? Like at what point can you call a thing a book? I definitely think you can call what this is a book personally okay because you can put yeah it, well okay so like a coloring book is a book i did make a coloring book uh-huh so you you already made one book at least <laughs> yes and then i don't know what would small book different <laughs> small. <laughs> tiny tiny book <laughs> a book yet yes um, uh, but it's called Facebook. it's called Ventilation Protocols: A Low Key Guide to Reaching Sanity for Sensitive Beans. Yes. Right. Yes. And what? Uh, why don't you tell us about it? So, th well, this is my first project, I guess, where I use digital art. Digital art's another sphere that I've been exploring. So I illustrated it. It's like. Every other page is an illustration, and then um, the other page is words that go along with the illustration, and then mm. there's also um, questions, like journaling prompts in there. And it's, it's I, I guess it's a summary of how I feel like I work towards reaching sanity. Work towards. Mm -hmm. And what is the definition of sanity inside <laughs> of this environment? That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know if I answered that. I think a lot of it is about you defining that for yourself. Okay. That's fair. And I've done, I mean, a lot of this came out of like the last year. The last year I haven't been doing as much art as I had been in the past because I'd been getting more into starting up my coaching practice. Mm -hmm. And I've been doing a lot of group workshops online uh, that, I never planned on doing that, but then when the pandemic happened, I was just like, okay, well, what can I do? And a lot of these workshops relate wellness to being a creative person. So there's some like creative or expressive element to whatever the topic is or the thing that it's exploring. Mm -hmm. So the book, the mini book <laughs> is like a <laughs> summary. It's like a very broad Oh, like overarching summary of like all those things that I've been wanting to communicate with people. Is it a workbook? A little bit, uh -huh. but it's not, it's not one of the, it's not like you have a whole bunch of questions. There's just, just a couple. So it's kind of like a statement and then like a question for, okay, like how do you relate this to your life or what does this mean to you? Because I didn't want it to be like an actual guidance system because I don't think that any person can give another person their guidance system. So it's almost like trying to help somebody invoke their own system. Yeah. Really quick, this coaching you're talking about, what what is what is that about exactly and how long have you been doing that? I think, when did I start? I guess almost about two years ago now, I got trained as a wellness coach. Mm. Um, and then now I would say my practice is more in the realm of life coaching. Okay. And and does do you use this book in the implementation of that life coaching or is this like a like just a separate creative outlet or like thing that 
was made separately? There, well, it's not it's not even printed yet. It's being printed, hmm. so it hasn't actually really been seen or used by anybody oh, yet. Okay, gotcha. But I really like the idea of using using art to help like bridge some ideas about wellness like a lot of like wellness usually when i'm talking about wellness is more like mental wellness mm -hmm. jay can so you turn your microphone up just a little bit oh yeah for sure thanks um yeah the uh the question <laughs> the question that i want to ask here <laughs> is um <laughs> Just go with me. So what what gives you the right to be a coach? You know? <laughs> that no, that's a great question. Yeah. It's <laughs> a very good question. Um, I mean really well there's a certification there system. Go. There you go. <laughs> First of all, there's a certification. But there's many different types of certification systems and like the one that I did go with, it's been really an interesting journey because like the certification I went with is like this one that's recognized internationally mm -hmm. and it's more than half, like it's all like business coaches, mostly. It's like yeah. a lot of business coaches, a lot of corporate coaches. Um, but I just like wanted to do that because I felt like that I needed some kind of standard or guidance and I I still feel like I'm learning and that's why I feel like I'm very new and it's going to take me years and years before I even feel say, like super comfortable saying that I'm a coach. Yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to bring it up because I mean that, you know, like as in jest, obviously, and, and, and that's a question that a lot of people confront themselves. It's the same question. Like what gives you the right to call yourself an artist? And yeah, I, I mean, there's no sort of, well, there are certifications for that too, um, which isn't a prerequisite can be helpful uh and mm -hmm. can help people feel that and and have the the requisite knowledge to work in certain fields um but but i, I think it's a salient question you know and that like probably something that you get confronted with mostly probably from yourself rather than <laughs> from other people but but yeah that question of like when do i feel comfortable telling this when do i feel comfortable sharing this can i call this a book Right. And, and then like yeah. at some point you just say, well, yeah, I mean, fuck it. It's a book. Um, yeah. I'm a coach. It's a book. I'm an artist. Uh, Denise wants to buy one, by the way. Are they going to be available on your website when they're in print? Uh, yeah, actually, they are. There's a there's a pre-order uh, pre, -order pre -order. on my website. OK, cool. Well, I'll pop those links in the chat there. Um, so is that something that that comes up a, a lot for you or, or do you feel like uh you've ventilated those thoughts properly um well i mean i do think about it all the time i think basically i feel like i learned a skill mm -hmm. it, it is like a skill set that i did learn okay. um, but i also feel like i'm most likely going back to graduate school hmm. to study either expressive arts therapy or counseling because i feel personally like i do want to dig deeper than that skill has allowed me to, to be able to help people. Mm. Sure. Uh, Woe in the chat has a question about the coaching. What do you find yourself coaching people on most often? What are some frequently asked questions? He's trying to get a free session real quick. <laughs> just a little teaser, uh, just a little tester. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, for me, I think the biggest thing I work with people on is confidence mm -hmm. and pursuing their creativity and a lot of the times it's not like 
necessarily an art practice, but just somebody being able to be the kind of person they want to be in their family life or in their career Mm. or just being an authentic version of themselves. And a lot of it comes down to fear of what that would look like. And so it kind of does resemble back to like when I did take that leap and decide to call myself an artist. Like, so I, I basically, I like to help people call themselves whatever they want to call themselves. Mm. I don't, and I don't give advice. That's a huge misconception about coaching. Why not? Um, It's actually not technically part of like what you do in coaching. That is the difference between coaching and counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, Like in coaching, you really just try to like, be fully present with somebody and you ask the right questions to kind of help them find that within themselves. Hmm. See, so yeah, I don't have, I don't claim to have any answers. That's what my all. therapist says too. Interesting. Well, I mean, some therapists probably work from that <laughs> mindset too. Yeah. No, but that's an interesting concept of the coaching versus counseling. Like what mm-hmm. is the subtle difference of those two things? And like, yeah, I, well, I think coaching. A... Oh, sorry, go ahead. It's coaching is mostly focusing on the future. So creating change in the future instead of like healing the past, mm. which is the fault to it too. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to have to sit with that one for a little while. There you go. It's getting, it's getting deep. Yeah. Workbooks. Yeah. yeah well, well says uh, I'd snag a workbook for sure. Yeah. They are uh, like we said, available for pre-order on Jasmine's website. Uh, I, I, I I do want to ask one quick question about specifically this one and the kind of the nature of uh, ventilation. I just, I think that that, that yeah. word specifically is like so interesting because I feel like thinking about the way like Jasmine would use it is like, okay, like you're clearly showing like the mind needs ventilation to cycle through it. Like, I don't feel like people talk about, like they talk about venting, but mm-hmm. ventilation to me <laughs> is like the systems of it, not just like, the exhaust itself as much as like creating an infrastructure to get to that point. And like, you know, I think a lot of us are having to learn about that daily with like wearing masks. Cause it's like, when you take a mask off, it feels like there's a whole new world <laughs> when you're in your car in a safe environment to do so that like, I feel like you really appreciate like just your basic breathing ventilation in that way, mm. let alone mental creative. Um, let alone I'm, this mask that you wear. Yes, that I wear every day to keep myself from society. The jokeifurification of all of us. I've been joking. So what is so like? What else does like ventilation mean to you? On and like all of the good. ways that Jasmine looks at the world. I'm I'm curious. Like, what does ventilation mean to you? I think systems is a key point that you okay. you got out of it. It definitely I think does mean having those systems or thought processes that you can go through when you're having a hard time or when you're you know when you're feeling sad or when you're feeling anxious or when you're facing a problem like having some kind of structure in place before that happens because it's it's or like to move through it to me it's all about like moving energy like yeah i'm not i'm definitely not one of these overly positive people i'm not into that positivity movement i'll say that (laughs) you're not toxically positive yeah (laughs) no i'm actually very into like you should feel it all, mm-hmm. I think. Totally. I will Absolutely. say. But, I mean, that's my opinion. Uh, but, yeah, I think that the oh, book is right. kind of... Good opinion. Well, that's... <laughs> agree? Do we all agree? <laughs> yes, I think we yes, agree so. on that. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> See, I like to, you know, feeling it all, but then having having a way to 
transfer out of the more negative energy mm. so that's also kind of like the ventilation where it's like okay experience this but then how do you also get out of it when you're ready when it's time crack the window crack the window is kind of like what yeah. it feels like to me so jake you were making this this uh comparison to exhaust you know and, and we can we can like compare that to a lot of different things like at some points you need like an exhaust you need to right eg- either exhaust what you're feeling or like you are going to be exhausted or you know some some sort of marriage of those two ideas uh or like a ventilation i think of like a vent fan or you know like i'd love more ventilation in my basement but uh, because <laughs> i'm slowly killing myself with solvents um but but then also like no. the <laughs> the passive the more passive ideas around like cracking a window and that not being like a spew or an exhaust but also like kind of this this uh stopgap or or this this vent but more of like a a passive ventilation is is a sense that I'm getting from these ideas that you're sharing as well. Sometimes you got to get it out but also like have space for things to go when they need to move. Routing, yeah, totally. Mhm. Yeah, and like breathing too. Like you breathe in and breathe out. It's like the balance of it. Well, and and you're so you talk about it too and then you're like physically having people ventilate kind of in in the book itself seemingly. Mhm. So it's hmm. like it's it seems yeah. very like it's see that's like always that thing of like duh but like oh but duh, duh. yeah <laughs> no i didn't who I didn't are we <laughs> who are we today jake <laughs> i just we're in the zone i mean jasmine you brought such a positive vibe here and your art just is bringing a lot out of us today i'm really not too positive though oh but yeah, not toxically positive <laughs> yeah i'm positive that it is not toxic positive um, we yes, felt it all today we really did Sure. Okay, I don't want to. I don't want to share too much about this book. You guys go out and buy yeah, you it. You gotta go get it. You, you gotta, gotta go, go get, get it <laughs> and drop those pre-orders because that makes everything easier when people know that people want things. That's like a really good tool for pre-ordering. Um, so yeah, if you have some stuff to spare, drop it over there. Support Jasmine. Go follow her on Instagram and Facebook and all those places because any followers that she gets today, she's gonna know it's from us, and then that's True. gonna feel really good. <laughs> So do that for us. If not for her, Use promo if, code. If not for you, agency. yeah, just do it for us. It send, her D, send her a but... DM, TTA. <laughs> She'll check those website analytics. Yeah. Um, I think it's time to get into the the final ten questions. Don't you think? Perfect. Let's do it. I think that'll be great. Um, I'll take them first. I think Rick, you've been you've been leading it off last time. Uh, uh, Jasmine, what is one simple thing you're trying to get good at? Sculpture is not a simple thing, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Having fun. Yeah, simple. Ooh. Say more. I found myself becoming way too serious. Oh. So I'm working on undoing that. Okay. And is there, uh, like, is there a, a thing you've tried recently that's worked for that to have some fun? I mean, it, it's a mindset. I think just remembering that that's like such a big important point of life and I find myself even with art sometimes getting caught up not taking the art too seriously but just like you know having too big of a to-do list and Mm. like doing all the awesome cool stuff that I'm doing which I'm excited about uh some I put too much on my plate and then Mm. forget like the 
this is all voluntary for the most part. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nobody's sitting there making me do this. Right. But y- then you have to ratchet yourself up, you know, tighter. You know, once that list grows, then you got to like batten down those hatches. And it's, and it's easy to, to lose sight of the fun in that. It can be super easy. So how's, yeah. your, how's your to-do list right now? I don't know. It's chilling. Yeah, good. <laughs> I guess so. There you go. I'm not too, I don't, I'm not sure what's going on with it. it sounds like you're getting better, better at <laughs> having fun. I'm sure I wrote it down somewhere and I'll check you, check back in. <laughs> I don't remember anything unless I write it down. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. I got into these little flippy books. These like little, little flippy books. Oh, nice. And that's how I. That's how I keep track of all of my, my madness. Uh, it's so nice you keep it in one book. Yeah, until I, I mean, they don't last super long. It's like 60 pages or something. So then I have like archives of these little flippies because I'm worried that something in one of those from the past is going to be important. But it's better than forgetting literally everything that I want to do. Yeah, I usually have my, you get my a little steno flippy. notes. Oh, a little my. steno. So then it's a flip, you know, right down the middle. So you're forced to kind of only. Oh, that's vibes. Right there. And then have it on each side. It's all ground up. I know. Uh, Jasmine, what is your favorite type of gum? Uh, I don't remember the last time I chewed gum, but we'll go with mint. Mint. Is there a brand you're, you, you fancy? No. Yeah. If it's, if somebody if somebody offers me a piece of mint gum, I will chew it. <laughs> that mofo is getting chewed. I tell you what. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Um, have you ever su- the question three? Have you ever successfully completed a game of Monopoly? What, what do you mean successfully? That's the question, isn't it? You tell us. <laughs> Oh, uh, I would say, yeah, I used to play Monopoly with my cousins mm. when I was younger a lot. Uh, I don't remember if I won or I, if it did, I it, don't know. did it end? Did it complete? I'm, I'm guessing it probably did, <laughs> but yeah. I can't confirm. We could have made up a new rule. That's right. It was what was Monopoly game. Yes. Yeah. I mean, is any game of Monopoly ever successfully c- completed? That's, That's on us. Really, kind of the question. It's like capitalism. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't remember how you win. I don't. You. I don't remember. Drain the lifeblood out of your competition. You you smote them and <laughs> yeah. tower over their ashes. I guess. You I have, don't know. You take them to the brink of exhaustion, and they have to sell everything they own in order to pay your rent prices. <laughs> That's supposedly winning. Oh well. But then, like, who's there to? You, I mean, you just own the bank. Like, who's there? To, where's the income coming from? If everybody's just bankrupt, right? Lonely at the top. Other than being an artist, if you couldn't be an artist, and you had no other limitations, this is question four, by the way. What would your dream job be? Oh, this is such a hard question. Well, you have to answer it. Okay. <laughs> you have to. I feel like one of the main reasons I call myself an artist is because it it like everything can fit in there. It's such a multidisciplinary thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Huh. Uh, 
off the table. Sorry to say. I know. It's such a shame. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a cultural anthropologist. Yeah, that's vibes. That is major vibes. Something like uh, that. Jasmine, what was your favorite cartoon growing up? It's question huh. five, by the way. <laughs> Another hard one. Why don't I remember any cartoons? I mean, I know I watched them. I don't remember any of them being my favorite. Hmm. And favorites, kind of a weird thing anyways, you know? Like, how do you determine what a favorite is? Is it the one you watched the most or the one that you were most excited to watch? Think about that a lot. I, yeah. Um, I'll go with SpongeBob. Yeah. See, it's all just making sense as to why it's we're friends and why we're here <laughs> and what, what we're all doing together. I mean, I, I quote SpongeBob like weekly, if not daily, to Tiffany, yeah. who's never watched it. She's like learning about SpongeBob only through me quoting it. Wow. Yeah, and she like knows it now, and she quotes it back to me, but she's never seen it. I mean, I've shown her YouTube clips. There were some really good moments in SpongeBob, and then a lot of it was like so boring. It, it's just such a weird. It was such a weird kids show. Oh, it's such a weird kids show. There's a lot of space. I like the space in it. I like the jellyfishing. You know. Yeah. Just we're out here trying to, like those slow moments in SpongeBob are really cool. To me, it's like Samurai Jack is like the epitome of that. Although it's weird to me that the jellyfish being in the sea with them are not anthropomorphized they are caught while also theoretically being on the same creature lamb as like a sponge or an octopus or a crab uh, yeah, or a I, whale i could see it if it was crab octopus whale squid yeah that a jellyfish is obviously more dumb right but you throw sponge into the mix Sponge and changes it. Sponge changes it for sure. Or if you had some coral, there's no like coral character, much like you know that one we could point out next to Jasmine or anything. But yeah, uh, but there's a character named Coral, right? Right. Um, that'll be on a separate Sponge <laughs> podcast. Sponge Sponge Pod Square Cast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did it. Oh yeah, that felt good. Okay. <laughs> Here, you, I'm gonna you mute good, myself. <laughs> you need me to, you need me to turn, <laughs> let you let you have some scope. Oh, yeah. Go, some go space. without me, please. Yeah, <laughs> I need a moment. Go ahead. Um, is there an artist that <laughs> you? <laughs> is there an artist? This, I'm not laughing at this at this question. Question number six. Is there an artist that you? hate to love is there an artist that you love but you just cringe cringe that you love them thank you oh that, wow um question is really for the more cynical artists among us is what i'm realizing as we workshop this question so if it's if it's difficult it's okay you don't have to answer cringe is just such a strong word <laughs> yeah oh uh, 
I mean, maybe in some way, Salvador Dali. Mm, yeah. Wow. I, I feel that. <laughs> Why? I'm so curious. Um, I mean, I, I love his work, uh, but like knowing about his life and him as a person mm -hmm. and just like oh. the over popularity of it and like the whole persona and everything. The mustache little, is pretty cringy. A little cringy. A little cringy. But <laughs> just a little. Interesting. That's good. That's but a good I mean, answer. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a good answer. I, I agree. I think a lot of people, I think Dali is pretty cringeworthy sometimes. He's kind of a shithead. I mean, he's definitely like an ethical shithead, but even his paintings are like kind of shithead paintings from time to time. But also like he was so good at painting. Like what? Yeah. No, the paintings are amazing. Like, how is he that good? Good at painting. Wow. Jake, um, you want to take question number seven? Lucky number let's, seven? Let's do it. Um, Jasmine, when you're driving, are you typically the giver or the receiver of the finger? If anything, definitely the receiver. Okay. Are you just you're just cruising along, taking your time? Yeah, I don't I do not like to be in a rush. That's yeah. a big pet peeve of mine. And I don't understand when other people are in a rush, especially in the car. Like ma mainly in the car, just like, I, so if, if where do you guys need to go? That this yeah. is you're putting people's lives in danger. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's it can be a lot. Um, yeah, no, I think that there's some, but you're saying there are people like swerving around you, being like, "What the hell?" Pretty pretty often. <laughs> Not too often, <laughs> um, but you know. Sometimes if I'm trying to let somebody go, like, at a stop sign, if we both get there at the same time and they, like, don't want to go and they're getting all cranky about it, I'm like, okay, like, I was just trying to let you go. Like, what do you want from me? <laughs> For sure. It's a really good Portlandia skit about that. Wow, oh, yeah. Portlandia, what a blast from the past. For, for real. What happened to that show? I don't know. I think it just... We all grew up? Yeah. Uh, Jasmine, question number eight. Getting towards the end here of ten... Uh, what are your thoughts on Crocs? It's cool that they come in a lot of colors. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. I guess. And they're really affordable. I have this underlying fear every time that now somebody's just going to start talking about how much they either love or hate crocodiles. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it happened our first round. Like, Crocs? Like... It seemed like it, dial? Tr it translated just fine. Yeah, we got it. Uh, they do uh, come in a lot of colors. It's true. Yeah. A lot of styles, have ever, too. Have you ever owned a pair? No. Hmm. Am I, 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 it's kind of it's kind of on brand for you. If I was yeah. your stylist. I, it is. I, <laughs> they totally are, like, visually and also just, like, the casualness of the way I approach clothing. Yeah, yeah, you could definitely they, they have right in. have like a Crocs crossover, like the yeah. the jazzy the jazzy Croc limited edition special drop. <laughs> Be pretty fresh, or at least one of those little pips. Little I find little. them really hard to walk in. I've tried I've tried them on, and uh, that's probably why. Maybe they weren't sized properly. You can go to yeah. an authorized Croc outlet. <laughs> Like the New Maybe. Balance store? The official authorized sell of cross materials. Okay. Like the New Balance store. Exactly. I mean, I usually just don't wear shoes. Yeah. Like, in, in a croc type scenario. 
<laughs> right. See, that's 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 the mega brain thing. It's like streetwear. I just don't wear shoes. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't even need to deal with that. But I just won't wear them. Crocs are kind of like not wearing shoes, but also wearing shoes. So they could fit into that. They could fit into that next level of like where you normally wear shoes. Instead, you could just wear Crocs. And it does Possibly. Have, and it does have proper ventilation. Oh. Maybe I'll get a pair for the summer. I think it's time. Yeah, and then time. I will. Um, When's uh, your birthday? You we might need it. a crowdfund a, a croc, a, a, a jasmine croc. When is your birthday? A croc fund. Yeah. November first. Oh, that's at the end of summer. Okay. Well, we'll keep well, workshopping we'll, it. We got some time. We'll work on that. Um, Rick, do you want to take the last two, or do you want to do me you? I I think question number nine we've really kind of talked about a lot. That's true. Question the, number nine is describe your meditation practice or similar way of relaxing slash connecting. Which people can kind of just yeah. rewind the stream. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of them. Um, painting for me has been a very consistent one. Um, also, lately, I've mostly been into walking. Hmm. Especially with like the gyms. Well, the gyms aren't closed, but I'm not going to the gym yeah, right now. Yeah, gym yet, sucks. So been getting into walking in a meditative way like turning off all the electronics which sometimes i really don't want to do but when i actually do that i i feel like it really helps me clear my mind especially like if i go at a slow pace and is this like an intentional walk around your neighborhood or do you go somewhere to walk like maybe drive there and then walk um uh, more often it's just where i am because it's easier, but sometimes I do. I usually about once a week, I'll go somewhere, trying to get closer to nature. Not the last two weeks, because it's been too much snow. But... Too snowy. Too much. Yeah, usually I try to get out in nature. And I do also meditate. I like meditating with a candle, I've mm. noticed, because my, mi it, my mind has a hard time clearing visually, but if I watch a candle, candle meditation works really well for me but I, I don't do it enough i'd like to i used to do it more i've had some really trippy candle med meditations sometimes you just get in sync with that flame boy that shit is fucking crazy yeah <laughs> it's kind of like crazy. watching the, the clouds in a yeah. very like hyper speed intensive way yeah it responds immediately to what's going on in the room and and you yeah check that check that out you know <laughs> shout out to Drop that. those links in the chat <laughs> here's candles links in the chat i'm serious <laughs> yeah no it's it's vibes i i i should do that i should get into that again uh it seems just so formal it's like uh, i'm going to sit cross-legged and stare at this candle but like it's kind of great because of the the formality of it so I just have a hard time working up that formality around my meditation practice. I'm like, I meditate all the time, bro. I'm always meditating. Like, I'm in, in touch with my yeah. emotions and feelings, you know, like, which is true, but also like the way that you cultivate your ability to do that to a greater extent is probably through the same, you know, exercise and that exercise is formalized meditation practice. But, you know, we're all just on the journey in this wheel of life. Uh, tenth question, final question. Uh, what is the most memorable response you've received about your work? Hmm. 
I don't know. <laughs> hmm. In general, I'll say this isn't just one response, but there I have a fan who I think probably is now about seven. And he was just so cute. And he he came, he found me at an art fair many years. Well, I don't know. I might have his age totally wrong. But um, he kind of followed my art journey for like years and ended up like getting a painting of mine. And I just thought, that's so cool. Wow, that's incredible. <laughs> like, that just made me so happy. And he like came to my art birthday party and like <laughs> drew me a picture. <laughs> and it just, it made me happy that I think it got him into art. Yeah. Wow. So how did you guys meet? Like, so, like, just parent, I assume, just walked... How, how old was this, this this child when, when you met them? Four or five, maybe. Okay. Wow. Just at an art fair. That's, like, walking age. Yeah. That's very young. Yeah. And, and did, did the kid have res a response to your work? Or was it kind of, like, parent-facilitated? Or, like, how, how did that go? It was 100% my art. It was, like, not... Huh. It, you know, it wasn't me, either. It was just, like, he just fascinated by it wow that's wild that's beautiful <laughs> yeah um i don't i'm trying to imagine what i would do in that sense and just like a kid just like blown away by mm -hmm. my work would be like i'm not i'm not prepared to speak to you <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i don't know how to respond with you about like what you think but like that's 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 incredible i think yeah. that the difference is is that your work and my work jake like, if a kid was into it, yeah. we'd really have to question his upbringing. <laughs> like, what's the deal with you? Like what? What's going on? I what? don't know. What's your fascination I... with fences, bro? <laughs> what? What's up with that? <laughs> have you been contained for some time? What's up with that? Um, well, and then, so, the, the purchase of your work, like, so... I want to hang what, one of these prints on my cage. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> uh, what, 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 uh, what was the piece that that was purchased was it, was it a larger scale painting or what what was because i'm thinking like these paintings are probably bigger bigger than him probably right or... no not all my paintings are okay. i have a lot yeah. of small ones actually oh, okay. um, so this gotcha. was a, a like a 12 inch by 12 inch one okay perfect i think he got it for his room i think he got it for his birthday or something like that i don't i don't That's exactly so remember like his parents bought it you win and, and what was his reaction like when you when he was interested in it like did he talk to you at all like or was he just like just he just wanted to look at it mostly and was just like, wow, like, I want that. Like, <laughs> and that one. <laughs> like, let's get this. Wow. <laughs> so, and then have you stayed in touch with his parents at all? And like, kind of like, hey, I have another show. Like, if you want to bring him by kind of thing? Or is it just kind of, you have a show and they just end up showing up sort of thing? I need to make sure they're still in touch with me. They should okay. be on my email list. I think we, we probably need to get back in touch. For sure. That's really wow. cool. That's I think incredible. you win. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's a really uh, ama like organically amazing mm -hmm. kind of experience that I feel like a lot of people don't get to have a whole lot. Mm -hmm. It's like it just specifically like just from an age difference perspective. Like that's really. Yeah. I mean, that was the coolest part of it because it's like when you're at a certain age, you don't have any preconceived notions. It's just totally non-judgmental true yeah no it's just it just is right that's what he said true hit you with the two chains <laughs> that one 
that one right there. That's what I well, that's sick. Thank you for sharing that. That's I amazing. love it. I think that that's actually amazing and gives me it gives me questions. You know, yeah, it makes me think about like think about you know. I I think in my work, kind of like my boyhood joy and wonder is is a really important part of why I work in the ways that I work. But I'm also like not making things for that self. I'm not making things like for my mini me who was wondered and and enraptured and made joyous by uh by the things that I'm making work out of the interests of and mm -hmm. th that's something that I consider a lot is is kind of like you know we talk to little people as if they're adults or you know talk to that like childish part of ourselves as if it needs to like buck up sonny grow up you know uh, yeah art is for men <laughs> Men with sanders, um, but but like it, it does come from that place. A lot of the things are in my practice are like a return to uh, sensations that I experienced as in my youth. You know, things that that were kind of integrated. So, so I think that that's like a good place for examination moving forward for us. Is like, can we make work for? And the, I'm not saying this is what you were doing, but for me, it makes me think like, can I make work for eight-year-old Rick that he would stop at the art fair and be happy about that's a cool thought What's that? Sorry. i was thinking of spongebob <laughs> you gotta kick me out bro. i'm out i'm out i'm not gonna be good for the next five minutes kick me out. <laughs> i don't know where this is coming from Eight-year-old Rick watching SpongeBob, I think, took me there. So I just, oh no, I gotta get out of here. Um, anyway, sorry, I'm back. I'm back. I'm right. All right, um, Jasmine, thank you for being here. This has been so wonderful and so life-giving. Thank you guys so much. This is this has been such a fun conversation, and I feel like I I learned things about myself, thought about things in new ways too. And Good. it's just it's so nice to have like a comfortable space for people to like get to know me a little bit more maybe understand things a little bit better and also have fun for sure i also just hop on my list <laughs> yeah i was gonna say like well if, if there's anything like you want us to shout out to get, get out to there and it's like well like, you know i think there's like 12 things you could talk about yeah. <laughs> really cool uh, so i would say yeah i mean a main a main shout out i guess is follow my instagram and just like check out stop by at my website just Perfect. say hello to it. Yeah. Do it. And then we've got your podcast, Archives for Aliens. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I'm then... so excited about that. Yeah, I'm on there. I... So if you want to yeah, listen to Rick say... being not on the Rick show, <laughs> yeah. then you go over there and you can hear me do whatever I did on that show, which was strange and awesome. It was really fun to he yeah, hear good. someone else talk to Rick. It was a good time. <laughs> oh, I guess that must have been weird for you. Yeah. It was. It was a little weird. Like, I almost found myself wanting to respond to what Rick had to say. I'm like, Jake, he can't hear you. <laughs> they can't hear you. So, but now I'm, I'm in this room. And so it's, it's worked. I get to, to get to ventilate that too as well. So full circle. Um, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Links are in the chat. So the chat, um, just okay. click through, tap in. You know, if you're interested in supporting the travel agency, you can check out our various ways of doing that. 
uh, we're moving to an all donation model moving forward. So um, we're slowly going to be uh, distancing ourselves from the Amazon Twitch overlord. Uh, mm. So so yeah, the best way to support us right now is through following following our various outlets, subscribing to YouTube, and uh, you know if if it's money, it's it's donations, and soon we are going to be doing some really cool product-based offerings on Patreon. <laughs> Whoa, he we'll said see. it. We'll see. We'll it's see. coming soon. That's going to be a, a substitute for um, what, sh- what Twitch provides. Sure. Jake, you got anything you want to plug coming up? Anything going on? Anything new? Anything on your mind? Yeah, well, I just want to take this moment, first and foremost, to say thank you, Jasmine. This is really fun. I hope to have you back on the show in some way, if not maybe your own show. I don't know anything. Yeah, just, just do that. There's too much going on here to contain it to just this one. This yeah, one let's episode. do this more. So let's let's absolutely continue this. Um, and then for me personally, and as well as the travel agency, I would really implore everyone to join us Thursday evening, February mm-hmm. 25th. This coming week, we will have the Pisces edition of Club Stars Align. Uh, we'll be breaking it down proper. Um, we will have DJ sets by myself as well as DJ Mix Riss from Boogie Nights of Quarantine. Uh, we'll be getting into everything that has to do with Pisces. Um, and that is a show that I host, uh, co-host with my mom, uh, Denise Hewlett, who is an astrologer and artist herself. So um, we're as part of the travel agency artists in residency. So our next edition is this Thursday. Come check it out. Yeah, and that's home field advantage for you since you're a Pisces. Exactly. And oh yeah, did I not mention that? It's gonna be my show. It's gonna be all about me. So come. <laughs> We're gonna drink four locos. <laughs> We're gonna drink four locos because it's green, sour green apple four locos, and it's it's gonna be loco. Let me just tell you that. Jake's so. gonna drink one four loco for every year he is alive. Oh my god, <laughs> we're gonna do a a loco bang for sure. A muck, a muck bang of four locos, and I will die on air. So. All right. Well, thanks again, Jasmine, and uh, I'm sure we'll be seeing seeing a lot from you everywhere and hope to see you here more soon. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, another successful transmission from the void. Uh, another successful yummy-filling art brunch. I know you were hungry, and we fed you. Never forget that. Never for a second forget that. <laughs>